uh, stand-up act is called The Ape of God. Yes. And beforehand, he eats a banana. Yeah, there's a lot of monkey imagery throughout this movie. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to um, it. But she eats apple, he eats banana. So maybe they're not on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> <you> consider- <laughs> Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophie Ricciardi, and I am joined today by my dear friend and guy who hit me in the face with a water bottle during tech week in high school, Brendan Connors. Brendan, welcome to the show. Can I swear on your podcast? <laughs> yeah, sure. God damn it! <laughs> For loyal listeners, big con heads who listen to my podcast, <laughs> remember, it started with Sophia. Blowing up my spot, talking about the time I pegged her in the face uh-huh. with an ice ball, and I mentioned this 15 seconds ago, like, you're not going to do something about like this again, are you? shouldn't have reminded me because I had completely forgotten. I was about to come on here and be like, guy who made me watch Beach Blanket Bingo last summer, and so, you know, there's a lot of, there's, Brendan, we've had, we have a long history together, there's a lot of things to blow up your spot about. <laughs> it's good to be back. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember uh the water bottle was it my was it my bottle uh, was it I, I don't know why that would make it better <laughs> the detail i, I care believe about it, like I, very faintly i mostly i remember uh being asleep on a couch in the mm-hmm. wings and then getting hit in the face with a plastic water bottle and being awake so i think it was just like a normal dasani but when i when i woke up i was like ah startled yeah, and i opened my eyes and you were standing there smugly grinning at me <laughs> and then you walked away I decided he's a heavy water bottle. I do apologize for that. I didn't, didn't I'm glad we've gotten this closure on this event now, uh, all these years later. I don't know what else I've hit you in the face with, just in case I'm asked back for a third time. I'll have to think on it, because I'm sure there's a third object, but it's right now it's mostly just the different uh, stages that water can exist in, different forms. I don't think you can throw steam, so I'm pretty sure you're safe on that account, but I'm, I don't know, maybe you'll find a way. This is how uh, we find out that I'm a wonder twin. Is that I can take all the different <laughs> forms of water, throw them at your face. I just read a Wonder mm. Twin. This is not what this podcast is. No, I just read fine, a Wonder though. Twin comic, <laughs> the first six in a run. And oh. um, I, 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 I remembered like in the first comic, I was like, oh, yeah, she does animals. And what is what's this thing? <laughs> I was like, oh, is it like all adult, like all like elements? No, just nope. Just how he can work being fog into every adventure. <laughs> There's some, Did you know there's they canceled uh, that movie? They're not going to make they? it now. Mm-hmm. Shocking, seeing as what has gotten through despite that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we're also here to talk about a movie that is completely unrelated to superheroes, but in many ways made me feel um, very similarly as to I do watching any mediocre superhero form. Uh, Brendan, why did we watch Annette? Sophia... <laughs> I was waiting for this question, and I, I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I'm bundling up all my pride. I'm carrying it with me. I'm trying to be uh-huh. a more confident person. Sophia, would it surprise you to know that I just like this movie? <laughs> 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 I think this is a good film. It was one of my most anticipated films of 2021. It was an exciting watch on the big screen. I this think had anytime... a theatrical run. It did, yeah, a very oh. brief, um, uh, minor theaters. I uh, actually I have a friend um, who um, and the uh, in the town uh, Sophia and I are from there are a couple mm-hmm. um, smaller uh, theaters and I have a friend now who works at one of them 
so they can get us uh, cop tickets at those small theaters. Nice. And every time I go to watch like an independent film for free, I always feel so bad because I'm like, oh, these are the movies I want to support. I'm going to go spend $30 to go see Doctor Strange and the who, what's it of what have you for $30. So like the, the sound is apparently better. But no, I went to see this movie for free, which also might have helped. That's, that's true. This was also, this was free um, on Amazon, which is how I watched it. So I guess they're like, well, no one's going to pay two ninety nine to rent Annette. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Brendan, I have to be straight up with you right now before we get too deep into it. I did not I enjoy this movie. I know. <laughs> it's a big ask, this movie. <laughs> I wanted to like it because I read the description of it on IMDb and I said, hey, mm. this sounds like just the kind of weird that I, I love. You know, <laughs> I just saw everything everywhere all at once and it was weird in Ooh. all the right ways. I yes. just saw Baccaro for this podcast that was also weird in all the right ways. I was like, maybe we're going to be three for three. Maybe Annette is going to complete that triad. And um, uh, no, I don't think it succeeded on that front for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's I... Well, and we'll get into it in just a, in a moment. But I can't <laughs> not, you know, I love any time a musical uh, makes a, is in a major release or even yes. just any time a musical gets in theaters. And especially mm. an original musical, this isn't based on anything. This is not a book or a, like a, a folk tale, even though it <laughs> seemed like it. Or, um, you know, it would never, there, was, there was no stage version of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, not everyone that was be performed. I could talk a little to the history of the piece. But um, oh. it's not that interesting. It, <laughs> they were like, oh, let's do it on the stage. It'd probably be too expensive. Uh, that, makes, that makes sense. But no, yeah, I, 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 was, I was so walking out of it. And I, I went with people who were also very excited to watch it and who also loved it very much. <laughs> but walking out of it, I was like, oh, Simon Helberg might win an Oscar. <laughs> and I stand by that. I, I noted Simon Helberg showing up in this movie because he plays uh, an accompanist on the piano mm. for part of it and later a composer, yeah. which is also, I believe, the role he played in Florence Foster Jenkins, which I think I might have seen in the same <laughs> small indie theater that you saw this movie in. And he was pretty good at it. And I kind of liked that this move in his career has been, I will just play piano men in mid-tier indie movies <laughs> that have musical was- elements. I forget, was he one of the Sherman brothers in that Mary Poppins book? It was B.J. Novak and somebody. Oh, it's entirely possible. Let me just pull up his IMDb been. page because this this Simon Helberg was a, a bright spot in this movie for me. This is, for those playing along at home, this, this is a fellow, he was Howard, I believe the name of the character is. In, yes, um, he the Big moved Bang on Theory. from the Big Bang Theory to doing uh, small indie roles. He apparently has appeared in Young Sheldon because he's credited in there in IMDb. So oh, I guess he didn't fully move on. <laughs> you haven't done a day on Young Sheldon yet? No, no, they haven't called me in for it. Um, I'll keep an ear to the <laughs> ground. I'm sure the casting directors are all listening to this program. And they're like, yeah, that chick seems like she's probably our target audience for <laughs> hits that come Young Sheldon. Uh, I don't think he was. Well, then I was Fascinating. Wrong. He's in some he's in a Kung Fu Panda TV show. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Annette, which is a movie that came out in 2021. And it's um you mentioned that it's has some musical elements. I believe it could be categorized as an opera or perhaps a rock opera. Would you <laughs> It's I think the authors would probably describe it as an opera for any uh any bigger theater heads out there. I would mm-hmm. I think the most accurate description would be the, uh, to call it sung through. 
which is something like, and I'm not just pulling this, I, this is, <laughs> I went to school for theater. This is the prime example of what a sung through musical is. You can think of it like Susical. which we did in uh, high school that is a prime example it's mostly music there Mm -hmm. are some shorter scenes there are also some moments where they speak in verse like it's Cyrano de Bergerac (laughs) um, which feel incongruous and are not always surrounding song (laughs) and are sometimes choices but sometimes you're like maybe the script maybe they forgot about that scene when they did a rewrite something about this movie is I think every it feels like every single department was working on a different story. Like the art department and the music department and the director, all, all in, and like Cine, all of them had different, they had the same script, but they were just told different ways to interpret it. And that it, it just feels like they're always, they're fighting each other. <laughs> and maybe that's why some of the scenes don't work. We'll get into it. Um, no, I'm going to be fair. leading pretty heavily on you from the musical side of this because once uh, Adam Driver uh, rapped at me, I was, they sort of lost me a little bit. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and that was pretty early on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the movie opens on an announcer asking for our complete attention, which is a lot for this movie to ask of me in the first 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, it tells the audience, you know, keep silent. Breathing is not going to be tolerated during the show. So we know that this is not your not your daddy's theater. This is edgy. Because <laughs> we get like a crunchy recording uh, and through some you know sort what of that red is? haze. What it, ooh, do tell. This is... This I I I don't know why I was able to pinpoint it. I I also studied music in school. These sound like education frags. It's not like I went to Harvard or something. But I just mean to say I think this is covered at some point, which is why it reminded me of it. The, mm-hmm. There's a song that plays. It's uh, Eau Claire de la Lune uh, plays mm-hmm. in the beginning, and is the um, what we heard was the first uh, recording of an audible human voice. Oh, that's yeah, very cool. Just a little something. Just kind of like taking the. Uh, you know, the idea of recording, the recorded medium, film, what everybody calls it, <laughs> film, the recorded medium, film. and music. And uh, that was, of course, recorded by Edward Leon Scott de Matinville, French scientist. Who, I think uh, you should try and pronounce that even harder. I think that that would go Edward really well. Edward Leon Scott de Matinville. <laughs> I tweeted this earlier today. I, uh, for some reason, I watched fucking Death on the Nile last night. Oh, it's so bad. We can't talk about that on the podcast because we'll only talk about it. But we got to afterwards. We're reconvening on because I watched it like last a, week. There's a line. I just want to point it out. Again, I posted mm-hmm. this on Twitter. You can follow me at Connors Brendan. I won't wait for plugs. <laughs> I got to get the Breaking the there. format. But this woman, I th- I believe she was in Game of Thrones, this, uh, this actress. Um, yeah. but she's playing a French woman. And uh, she it's something. She her line is something to the effect of she was suspicious. She was suspicious. Of his intentions with me. And he's like speaking in a pretty good French accent the whole time, but then she hits the line, she was suspicious with his intention with me. And like, that's the <laughs> most French thing I've ever heard. And this oh. is 10 seconds into the movie now. Yep, yep. Because mm-hmm. uh, we get that crunchy moment in um, auditory recording history uh, as moonlight kicks in underneath it and we get to see the exterior of a hall of some kind through the red sound wave art whatever and then we go into inside to the hall which i guess is actually a recording studio because inside of said recording studio a band is getting ready there's lots of strobe lighting effects here that i really didn't like it mostly just made my eyes hurt and it didn't feel super intentional <laughs> these are i it starts very strong with these it, it it kind of what it's doing is it's kind of like using it's using like the the like the video from the film as kind of like mm-hmm. reacting to the sound that's being made so somebody plugs yeah. in an amp and like the light on the, like it becomes much brighter for a moment 
and which is a cool way to start a film, but of course it doesn't go. I, I did write it down. It feels thematic. I'll get to the, I think I can bring it around to like a, an assumption of why I'm, I think it I'm, is. I'm glad you have a theme that you pulled out of this because <laughs> <laughs> my conclusions for this were not quite so generous. But we do, int- this does introduce us. So the, um, there's, a, there's a sound engineer at the board. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the director of this movie, Leos mm-hmm. Kellogg's. And um, uh, the band that he's recording with is the band that wrote this, uh, the musical. Um, oh. So the singer is uh, the singer and the pianist, uh, they're brothers. They're, uh, their names are Ron and Russell Mayle. Um, they're in the band Sparks. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw, but um, Edgar Wright did a very exciting, yeah, the, uh, very uh, well-made documentary. The about Sparks them. Brothers. <laughs> the Sparks Brothers documentary. Yes. Um, and uh, the the interesting thing about them is that nobody who knows who they are is the documentary. <laughs> but even if this movie is not for you, I do invite you to um, seek out their music if you can. Yeah. It's, um, it's very excellent, and there's a good reason to make the documentary. But yeah, so it mm-hmm. starts with them singing this opening number. So may we start? Yes. I, I do like the inclusion of the director and the composers here mm-hmm. because i think that that ties into the kind of way they started out they're setting this movie up to be very aware that it is a movie which i think is kind of an interesting perspective to take mm-hmm. uh we kind of jump into the first number so may we start which is a lot of people repeating so the phrase so may we start, start. <laughs> yes brendan take it away <laughs> high time to start yes uh and the music kind of like levels out any other goddamn lyrics (laughs) because there really aren't that that? many other lyrics in the song to be fair (laughs) it's a lot of repeating so may we start over and over gradually getting more frantic no i can't recall that's a bummer but essentially they're just going to sing about how you know we're getting started the movie's beginning Mm. the story is it's it's yeah. We're starting. Everyone's out you... of character. They're walking through the streets. Yes. Adam Driver, Marion Cotillard, uh, Simon <laughs> Helberg join them. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, sort of towards the end of the song, because it's really, again, it's really just kind of saying we're about to start. But towards the end of the song, they sort of, they put on, <laughs> Adam Driver puts on a wig and a jacket. Uh-huh. And um, Marion Cotillard, uh, she grabs the dress that she's going to be wearing for the, uh, for the first scene. And Simon Helberg puts on a hat that he does not yes. wear for the rest of the movie. He picks up drumsticks also, which is, he's not a drummer in the movie. No. <laughs> uh, I like, I do like that there's like a tracking shot kind of element to this and they keep the crowds moving and they're just moving through the streets of Los Angeles. And it's, it's mm. this is like the part of the movie that I think worked for me the most, which is unfortunate because it's the first like five minutes of the movie. <laughs> this is also the moment where I went, oh, Simon Helberg's in this. <laughs> And then no, on. yeah, I forgot too. <laughs> and they like wait, yeah, to, like they introduce it. They, like, like, they get fully you out of watch the Mr. Star Wars. sound. They get fully out of the recording studio before, um, you know, he's brought in. He's a tertiary character. The whole crew's like kneeling in front of this orange lighting at one point, where there's a children's choir that appears from out of nowhere, and they have like a <laughs> subdued moment before we get back to the rest of the song, which is a, a musical motif they kind of seem to like a lot in this movie because they do a lot of frantic, loud yelling and then get very quiet for a bit, and then they go <laughs> loud again. <laughs> there's also something I find very charming about this moment. at the end of the song. Everyone, uh, Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard, leave, and mm-hmm. they're kind of they're they're finally in character once they've entered into their respective vehicles and everyone else who's there waves <laughs> goodbye yes everyone stands around they wave bye they, they say the character bye-bye. names they so that we know who that bye-bye. they are playing we don't just think of them as adam driver <laughs> for the rest of the time they're like bye henry there's, bye there's also a part <laughs> there's also a part 
just before they get like at the very end of the song, a police car drives by <laughs> and out of the speaker of the police car, um, the, a voice can be heard. I believe it's Russell Mayo's voice. Oh wow! Um, there are a couple of times. I don't know if you uh, you were clocking it, but there are a couple of times where they uh, pop up throughout the movie. <laughs> the I'm movie, sure you will uh, call them out for us because I did not clock them. So, yes. so please. <laughs> um, I believe it's Russell Mayo's voice. He's the singer. Um, where he goes, "Don't try to start." Just it's hard to hear. It's in the back what? of the mix. But like something like maybe a police officer would say, "Hey, don't try to start." But there's no reason. <laughs> No, because we're going to go right from Adam Driver getting on his motorcycle and Mary Caldera getting into her, not limo, but like private car that she lounges in the back of. And uh, mm. Simon walking off in a different direction to leave the scene <laughs> for a off. while. Even though he's going to the same place that Mary and Cotillard is going. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I know they had to separate for the plot or whatever, but... Mm. Can give him a lift? Come on, man. <laughs> just rude. <laughs> or just let him wait and wave with everyone else. He just like fully leaves the scene. Um, but we go to the logo title. I guess we've started. It, co- <laughs> it comes up. Oh, no. We- <laughs> I forgot about this too. The logo, it's, I, I think I have, a, I have it on a poster here, actually. Uh-huh. I have the, I have the oh, vinyl boy. record I was showing Sophia earlier. Yes, yes. Oh, no, it's something. It's similar. It's similar in style. But oh, okay. the logo comes up. It's a it's a small child's face uh, highlighted mm-hmm. against a moon, and it does just kind of whip at you like it's like a Chuck E. Cheese advertisement or something. Comes out of the dark with those woof, 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 woof. like Annette. Everybody read it. Good. We're starting Great. the movie now. The movie's beginning after we just sung about you know can we start um, for a bit uh, in her not limo but fancy ride car. Uh, Anne eats an apple luxuriously. This is the first of many times she will eat an apple luxuriously <laughs> she will never finish an apple and she'll never start an apple but she will always be in the process of eating one i don't know what that means i have to assume it means something because it happens almost every time she's on screen uh <laughs> but she starts to you know when she's finished taking a bite of this apple she starts to sing opera as ominous music kicks in uh, i won't Love lie always I... finds Away, away, away! And she's practicing from her opera, which we'll hear later. But she's yes. ah, what is the line? I think it's I think she's singing the line from her song, which is also on the notes. We'll get to that. I think the line she's practicing is "I am in danger" or something to the fact of it. Yeah, she sings a song later on about how it's dangerous and someone is now dangerous, and it's also nighttime. Uh, mm. <laughs> Those are the big takeaways. Big takeaways. Uh, I don't know a lot about opera. If I'm going to be just to be completely transparent with the listening audience, I know the Phantom of the Opera, which is a musical, and then um, <laughs> Puccini's Turandot, only because Dylan Sprouse was in an adaptation of it that was uh, filmed in China. It's a wuxia adaptation, and I haven't seen it yet. I've been desperately trying to seek out uh, like an MP4 of it, some or something, but I've had no success. So if anyone has the link to um, <laughs> The adaptation of Turandot that was filmed and released last year uh, hit me up. <laughs> but that's everything I know. So a lot of the opera, I think, might have flown right over my head. So if That's you... the thing about this movie. <laughs> and I don't know too much about opera. I, 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 can't, I can't speak to all mm-hmm. of it. I'm, I'm a little more familiar. This movie, and I think it does it well. It is like, it is, uh, it's a modern English opera. And it mm-hmm. feels like that. And it is paced like that. Sometimes you go see a movie. Like I remember uh, recently they did, they remade Boys in the Band. I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. that on Netflix. And uh, they got the cast of a recent Broadway revival. And when you watch it, you're like, oh, everyone's acting like I'm in a play. Like they're in a play right now. <laughs> it kind of feels like watching a play. Yeah. This feels like watching an opera for better or for worse. 
I've seen opera. I know it can be a long evening. When I, when the first time I saw this movie, when I saw it in theaters, um, uh-huh. I had to pee the whole time. Oh, so if you thought this was long. <laughs> yes, this did get bonus points from watching in my apartment and having the ability to stop and like go make a coffee and then come back. <laughs> Because uh, there were times where I was like, you know, if I had to sit and watch this all the way through, I think I might lose my mind a little bit. Um, <laughs> which is also how I assume most opera would make me feel. So I don't want to knock no, it yes. too much for that. Because <laughs> nailing nailing what you set out, like the tone you set out to, to make and like the genre you were looking to work in. I can't dock, knock you for that, even if I don't particularly like the genre. Um, <laughs> but it, it was, it certainly feels like one. <laughs> Uh, so as as Anne is luxuriously eating her apple and singing, uh, you know, ominous tidings of what's to come, uh, Henry arrives at the Orpheum Theater, which I don't know if that's an actual location or just a play on the word orphan, but either way, fine. Uh, I believe it is. And I believe she... <laughs> They don't actually show her walking in the building, so I'm sure they just like got permission to drive a car out in front of it. Yeah. I think she's going to like the Walt Disney Theater or something. It's the big yeah, it's the one from Get Angeles. Smart, which unfortunately I recognized because it was also <laughs> a movie on this podcast. I was looking through <laughs> when I was trying to figure out what to bring this time. I looked through all the movies. That I like I looked through the episodes. And I did see that. I was like, oh, fuck. It's what's a good goddamn movie. Was that received well? Oh, no. I also did, really didn't like that one. <laughs> it just didn't age well. Like, I'm like, if I had watched this oh, in 2008, sure. I would have loved it. But watching it last year, I was like, I don't like this movie. This is, meh. there's like one no. or two good jokes and everything else is really 2005. Uh, but watch the Get Smart episode for more on that. <laughs> The same the same music hall appears in this movie where Anne is presumably performing. It's much more luxurious than where he's headlining, mm-hmm. but we don't really dwell on that comparison too much, despite what the mm-hmm. uh, Wikipedia summary would have you believe. Um, <laughs> Henry like shadow boxes to warm up for his set. He's a comedian, we'll learn. I'm going to put comedian in big old air quotes. Uh, <laughs> I will also... So he... Um... This just came to mind, which I think is maybe a very small comparison they're trying to make. Um, but they, uh, his uh, stand-up act is called The Ape of God. Yes. And beforehand, he eats a banana. Yeah, there's a lot of monkey imagery throughout this movie. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get um, to it. But she eats apple, he eats banana. So maybe they're not on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> you can say he does. The... I like this a lot. I think he's, he's smoking as well. Yes. <laughs> he's smoking as well while someone's introducing him. And he t- uh, puts the cigarette out in a mm-hmm. um, in an ashtray, and then he on top of it puts the banana peel out on an ashtray as if it was also smoking. I oh man, there's so much about this that just happens so quickly. It looks like he's in the set of like one of the Creed movies when he's warming up, and he's wearing <laughs> like a green bathrobe, so it really just sells the whole illusion. But there's the crowd outside is cheering his name and laughing, so we get the impression that that's probably not what he's he's not gearing up to box. He's gonna like perform. He's gonna do a performance. Mm-hmm. He's a performer. And his and name, he... of course, which I don't think we've clarified. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Henry. His name Mc... is Henry McHenry. Oh, Henry McHenry. Like a silly comedian name. Like a silly comedian. I was like, is it a stage name? Because I think there's a brief moment later on where I thought maybe they said a different last name for Annette, uh, who mm. is, spoiler alert, uh, his and Anne's daughter. Um, they have a daughter. But they like, have a more, daughter. More on Anne in <laughs> more a moment. On that I feel later. like we keep hyping it up. This movie starts a little slow, but then when it gets going, it gets going. Yep. <laughs> too hard, too fast. <laughs> uh, 
but no, his last name is McHenry, uh, and they're going to commit to that. Um, so he's getting ready to go out on stage, and meanwhile is laying on the floor uh, in a face mask. And I thought she was dead, but no, she's just stretching before she, too, uh, gets ready to go on stage. So they have different preparation strategies. She's this weird little, st- kind of a half stretch. This isn't a thing singers do. I've never seen anybody do it. She's on the floor, so you kind of get the idea. She's trying to like maybe open up or like center herself. And she's mm. just counting. She's not singing. She's just going, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three. She's moving her, she's squirming <laughs> her little arms around. Not to say little. But um, <laughs> but the, my, I had a small TV. I don't know. I, when, it, when, I, when I saw it on the big screen, I remember the arms being a lot bigger. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I would hope so. Anyway, we can't dwell on her arm length. I know. We have to return to Henry, who is standing in a lot of smoke, which really took me back to my theater days. Uh, <laughs> and, I, you know, he's getting ready to go out on stage, and he emerges from all this smoke. Like, who are you? A street magician? You Like, Don Bluth coming up in here. Gob. I fucking... I, <laughs> couldn't do it. Already Job. he hadn't even... Be- Job. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was already at this point in the movie, like, I can't handle whatever act is about to happen in front of me. <laughs> My, I'm going to, uh, I want to, I'm going to start with, <laughs> I'm going to get ahead of this. Uh-huh. Uh, this might sound tangential. My brother is very, he's a very funny guy. Um, he does, uh, he writes sketch. He did, he does improv in the city. Um, yeah, cool. And my city is Philadelphia, so that's not huge. <laughs> he's involved yeah, this is in not comedy huge news. And he, um... <laughs> But um, he's involved in comedy a lot. And uh, when The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel came out, mm-hmm. he I had watched it. I was like, oh, it's really good. And he was like, Brendan, yeah. is the stand-up comedy actually funny? Like, is it just story-wise or, like, is it actually funny? Because I don't think I'm going to watch, like, or is it, like, is it 60s funny or is it, like, is, is it humorous? And I was like, oh, well, it serves the story more than it's funny. But on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, there are jokes that you can laugh at in midges mm-hmm. sets. And I, I, this this movie does start with about a good five ten minutes of stand up comedy <laughs> that I you you the movie doesn't want you to laugh at it. I just <laughs> pacing. The audience is laughing. Yeah. So you know it's playing well. So you could be like factually, I guess he's being funny right now. The jokes are not funny. No, no. He walks on stage, uh, coughing progressively more and more as the audience quiets and you're like is he okay is the smoke did the smoke cause some sort of problem standing in it for that long could uh, but it becomes clear that he's coughing as part of a bit uh, and he stays like hunched over in his green robe and begins his set and the audience begins to laugh along with him and uh i continued to stare blank faced at my laptop screen waiting for jokes to happen um laugh 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 sophia <laughs> he you know he's talking about how pe- making people laugh laugh is a trick uh, and then he raps. This is the only part I actually laughed at. Uh, Adam Driver, still completely hunched over in 90 degrees, uh, raps for a good, like, 30 seconds, and then he abruptly stops. And his rap is all about how laughing happens biologically. It's like, here's, like, the, you know, lungs or whatever moving. Uh, so it's kind of educational. It's almost like a schoolhouse rock bit, but much, much worse. Um, he doesn't even... Because So his... <laughs> oh, I guess we should clarify. His set is spoken. Yes. But he does have these little, like, moments of songs in between and he doesn't like hype it up there's no intro to the song he's just in the middle of a uh he's just in the middle of a sentence he's like does your prefrontal cortex send the electrons to blah 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 it's so intense it is and i 
<laughs> I, I kind of I forgot that it was in the movie. there are elements of it that I like. I like the idea of like part of the set breaking and him starting to get into a song and then deciding like maybe the song isn't working for me, stopping and doing a different joke and then a different kind of like melody picks up. But the rap that I'm not here for. <laughs> that one. <laughs> That one didn't need to be a different genre for no reason. It's the only time in the movie anyone raps. (laughs) It makes you worried that maybe there's going to be more rapping later on. It wasn't really. I don't think so. Oh, no. Yeah, there kind of is. Uh, He also, which is interesting because... So this world, it's um, it's kind of you know it exists as like in the in the it uses the language of music mm-hmm. to communicate. That's just how people talk to each other in this in this world. Yeah. So you know when he's on stage and he goes into song, it's a little unclear. Is this a song? Is he singing or is he just communicating um, <laughs> through the language of the film? But he does, which I've never seen any other stand-up comedian have. He does have like a couple backup singers. Yes, the chorus girls who are recurring. <laughs> Yes. They are returning from the opening number of the movie. They are back and they mm-hmm. will occur later on uh, as sort of our like Greek chorus in this movie, along with every other background character who is not one of the three people who you walked on to the first number and you're like, oh, I know those actors. Yeah. <laughs> They're here to like help back him up whenever he starts singing and to bring us into the one big song that's going to kind of like end this whole scene. Uh, because after his rap break, Henry starts gallivanting across the stage, singing about laughter and eventually like miming, hanging laugh, himself laugh, with the microphone laugh. cord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he but, um, switched. It, it <laughs> yes. does. It does a very creepy thing that musicals like to do, where the audience laughing is what brings the song on, and yeah. uh, so the <laughs> the audience they're all. It's not like just like oh, this is filmed in front of a crowd. They're all actors. They're all performing very hard. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple points where audience members talk back in this film. Mm-hmm. No one is doing their best day on set. No. Um, but the uh, but yeah, they're they're kind of laughter. The ha 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 it becomes the song. the song. That was uh, very his cool. signature little laugh. Everybody, <laughs> it's such it's such a lame <laughs> song for a comedian to have. Like ha ha ha, we're laughing, aren't we? It's so it's so opposite of the rest of the act that he does, yeah. which is very serious. Um, but the bulk of the uh, performance is a conversation, really, mm-hmm. between him and the audience. Well, the audience demands to know, as every audience wants to know in a stand-up comedy special, why did you become a comedian? Yes. Was that it is the money? The question. No. It wasn't no. the money. It wasn't the money. Wasn't the wasn't the women. Ooh, well, maybe a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, he has a little bit. Talks about Anne a little bit. <laughs> he had a cutaway there to is her. One... Yeah, he he and Anne are in a relationship, this opera star. And there's a moment where he's explaining, where he's talking about his relationship. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the shot is from, it's over the shoulder from like a box in the audience. So like one of the, yes. the nicer seats on the sides. And um, there's a woman uh, leaning over the ledge. Yes. And she is dressed to the nines. This woman I dresses. thought that woman was a puppet. I thought that was a puppet. I had to pause the movie. And I was like, that is a that is a marionette. And I know from reading the Wikipedia page on this movie, when hey, you I told know. me you were doing it, I was like, I got to know what I'm going into. Brandon has a habit of picking strange movies. Like, I don't know if I want to be surprised by this one. And it was like, oh, Adam Driver, marionette puppet. I'm like, okay, great. This is where the marionette enters the picture. No, no, no. This is just a different woman entirely who kind of in shadow looks like a puppet. But uh, Henry reveals that he is in fact, I think, 
I think does he announce that they're engaged at this point, yes. or that he's in a relationship he's like, with? Not only am I dating and the opera star, but we're engaged. And this woman can't is not having any of it. <laughs> She's she, not as happy. If, <laughs> as if you just told somebody you're like, oh, you remember such and such from high school? They're pregnant. She went no. Like, <laughs> I would have watched two hours and 20 minutes of her reacting to this movie. I think like Mystery Science Theater 3000 style, that could have been really fun. No, Henry, I think that my problem with Henry's stand-up is it just feels like it's unfunny in the I was written by a comedian who thinks all of this is very topical way. And I was mm. just like, this is, none of this is landing for me. It's neither relatable. And, if, um, and I know there's a turn later on where his stand-up becomes unpopular with the public. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how is it popular with the public now? Because it's very yes. similar to what it's going to be when it becomes unpopular. And I just need it to be at least 10% funnier so I understand why he's packing the house for the show so that yes. later on I understand what, what's different. Um, mm. But he continues his bit, you know, why, 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 why comedy? What are you doing? Uh, why'd you get into this biz? Uh, oh, man, I wrote it down, but it got lost in the sea of who is the puppet lady? <laughs> Is that what you, that's an interesting eye to watch this movie through. And if you, we haven't said who there, there is a puppet in this film. We haven't said who it is yet. But if you want to pause this podcast right now to watch, like, because that's such a weird way to watch any moment from around a corner. There could be. I I was waiting because I'm like I I didn't see any pictures from this, and I'm like I know this puppet in here. I'm worried it's going to be so weird looking that it's going to distract me from whatever the puppet's starting to do, but maybe that's the point. And so I saw this lady, I'm like, oh no, there's the puppet in shadow, they're teasing it, but that's not, uh, that was not accurate, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, but he finally answers the question of why did you become a comedian with to disarm people? Uh, because, you know, this is the only way he can tell the, truth without, tell the truth without getting killed, and I'm like, alright man, calm down, you're, <laughs> you're giving me a lot of, like, Ricky Gervais energy right now, and I don't need that from you. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I. I. This is in the credits. There's a. There's a, a specific spot where it says Adam Driver would like to thank. Can you guess what two stand-up comedians that Ooh. he thanked in the uh, that he thanked Ooh. in there are? Did I get one of them already? You did not. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but uh, I. We don't have to make a, a deal of it. It's not too controversial. Uh, first is Bill Burr. Very popular Bill Burr. People okay. uh, seem to like. I'm not the biggest fan of, but he's mm. uh, he's in The Mandalorian also. <laughs> that sure. guy. And Chris Rock. Ooh. Ooh. Unfortunate. Ooh, Adam. <laughs> Could you imagine Adam. if that lady got down from her box, walked up on stage, <laughs> slapped Henry McHenry in the face, went back to his spot. Henry was like, hey, try to take it easy. And then she was like, keep Anne's name out your <laughs> mouth. We do not have time to get into slap discourse because we already we spent don't. like four hours after the actual night of the Oscars talking about this on the phone. So we Sophia will not. And I go... <laughs> Sophia and I, as we said, go way back. Uh -huh. Sophia, we were in college, I believe we were freshmen at the time, mm -hmm. uh, when um, Warren Beatty read, <laughs> read uh, that La La Land won Best Picture. And she called me and we spoke for hours about how crazy it was. And then Chris Rock did that. You know, uh -huh. the, the Oscars happened as they did this year. And I was like, oh, that's fun. I'll get to talk to Sophia. And I'm sure <laughs> there was anything. On time. I'm like, who's going to care about this? Brendan's going to care about this. <laughs> um, but to finish out his act, there's like the sound of gunfire. Uh, and he like mimes getting shot. But then he stands yeah. up. Henry is fine. His set done. The audience laughing and clapping uproariously. This was a great hit. Um, and this is when they jump into the full version of the song, Laugh, 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 One More Time. 
Which I kind of like how they're like, oh, here's the rhythm of laughter. We'll make a song out of it. That was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the <laughs> you don't rap have to was be a one. <laughs> <laughs> the music was not the thing I liked the least about this movie. It was pretty, as far as the, the, the songs were concerned, I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I like what these are doing for the most part. There's some maybe where they're talking a bit more than I would like, but other like the actual singing, I have no problems with it. <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is the the double edged sword of it. So Ron and Russell Mail wrote the movie. Music and lyrics and script. <laughs> like, mm. There's not a screenwriter and they worked with them. To, uh, like they worked with somebody to have the book of, a, of this opera. Right. No, it was, it was them. And what they, they bring, a, they have a certain tone, which I think works better in the movie than it does in, um, or works better in their music than it does in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Henry uh, finishes up his act. I guess we should have known, he, uh, he performed the whole thing in the robe. Yes, and, in the uh, robe. Uh, some boxes. Uh, you get a does, good... There's, there's a butt shot. <laughs> There's a butt. He moons the audience. He moons it goes, the audience. It plays. Yeah. There's a lot of you get you get a you get to meet Adam Driver's muscles individually. Yes. Adam <laughs> Driver uh, since his high waisted moment as Kylo Ren has really been into showing just like one sliver yeah. of his body at a time. <laughs> uh, and it teases that with you here, but don't worry, there's more coming later, folks. As the audience claps for Henry, they also clap for Anne, who has also finished her performance on a set that looks a lot like the end of Camp Rock 2, where the mean girl from camp is singing her song about how her mom doesn't pay attention to her. They look the same. Google the pictures and put them side by side. Same set. I think they just reused, reused the, uh, the, the blot. Um... <laughs> Because famously, uh, Camp Rock's finale was at the Walt Disney. <laughs> of course, of course. You can go yeah. tour it. You know, you go walk around. <laughs> you sit on the same stage as Demi Lovato and Joe Jonas. And you think to yourself, man, this is real. This is me. Uh, <laughs> and presumably killed it. We don't get to see much of her performance here. Don't worry. You'll see more of it later. And Henry mm. goes to the opera house on his motorcycle, his favorite mode of transportation. Outside on the steps, Anne is hounded by reporters and fans after her show who all... This... <laughs> <laughs> In this world, this is one of the things you have to just take for granted. And this woman in the box brought us into that part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar, uh, pardon me, opera singers are <laughs> as famous Massive as their stars. A-list celebrities in this huge, world. Huge, beloved stars. The most They're famous of the entertainment famous. They're tonight. A-listers. Well, that's not what it's called in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that shit. I believe it's you called... You can't knock that. I did showbiz news. We'll get to it. Is a highlight of the film. That's <laughs> great. Uh, but um, but yeah, the news reporters by... all go. They all go quiet mm-hmm. when they see Henry. They're like, "Oh, a man is here." And she and Henry have a big kiss. Uh, and then the reporters all immediately start hounding both of them again. And, uh, and they uh, are musical theater performers straight out of the bfa they all have intentions they're all like oh this is the biggest day of my career you can you can see them walking into the set they just have such high energy yep for a moment that does not call for it <laughs> they are a group of chorus members just wrestling for their moment to be on camera where is my solo <laughs> There's yeah. my, what is there's is there a term for it when you're in the chorus and you have like the one line of the song that like you get to sing um i bet there is but none of them have one but no. you can do everyone in the ensemble in this film i think it's safe to say is fighting desperately for a second day on set yes <laughs> yes finally like well i can also be one of the doctors and that's saying maybe <laughs> my agent said maybe <laughs> uh but they uh, they're trying to get um Henry to take his uh, helmet. He's wearing yes, his, uh, motorcycle his motorcycle helmet. helmet. He's, uh, he's safety first. Pictures. 
they're no 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 the ever pop good paparazzo knows you gotta make sure you get the face in the shot but he's like no i'm not gonna give you a smile and also there's a line in their little exchange where he's like i killed my audience today and Anne says that she saved hers which is the whole like like dichotomy of their relationship (laughs) summed up in one line I maybe that's the more performery part of me. I think that's a clever <laughs> use of how we talk about what performers do. They both did well in their sets, but oh, comedy you killed. Yeah, uh, opera they saved. It was beautiful. That sort of thing. Creation and destruction, which, mm. as you mm. mentioned, we can get into. <laughs> um, but this is also, and this is something I only really realized um, uh, just today while I was thinking about what to talk about for the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry and Anne don't like, talk to each other a lot in No, not much. It's, it's not a lot about the conversations that they're having. It's more just about their lives. You don't see a lot of them together. But this yeah. is probably the best moment that they have together. This is the healthiest moment that they have together. This is I'll the moment say. that's like, oh, they actually have a solid relationship. Because obviously we're jumping in. They're already engaged. We don't need to mm-hmm. see how they meet. This is not a La La Land scenario where the whole plot is the characters getting together and then they're tragic falling apart. We don't need to, mm-hmm. we'd, we're already like 20 minutes in the movie, they're together, but it's all we need to know, they get to be cute yes. here, uh, before we go out to nature, where Henry and Anne are walking together, enjoying the fresh air and the company, far away from the paparazzi that harass Anne, I guess, regularly, as a famous opera singer, um, and they sing <laughs> they together. <laughs> mystical forest within, like, dri- within driving distance of downtown LA. <laughs> driving distance like... of downtown LA, unaffected by the wildfires that they are vigorously trying to shove into the background of this movie they sing together about how much they love each other and the song i think is like we love each other very much and they kind of just repeat that line very much (laughs) and that's sort of the lyric that repeats more than any other um almost exclusively with the exception of like one or two little breaks (laughs) that's the whole song i can't knock i will i'll give a lot to the performers in this scene that's a tough thing to do when you only have one line of of that you're just repeating i think they play it well they go through well there's a cool moment where so there's this kind of slower part and then it transitions mm-hmm. a little more speedier the music picks up and then we've cut to um henry motorcycle. and Anne on henry's motorcycle driving at speed like unaccompanied like you can like very clearly tell it's adam driver and marion Cotillard mm-hmm. on a harley <laughs> davidson driving at speed singing in time with the music i appreciate that kind of a moment and then the music fades, of course, and then five seconds later, it fades back in, and we're back to the slow part. <laughs> yes. Uh, the song continues. We go from motorcycle uh, to their house, which is like a brutalist structure in the middle of the mystical woods outside of Los Angeles, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like fictionally green. It's crazy. Their water bill must be insane in California. Um <laughs> <laughs> but the gentler melody version of the song picks back in. Uh, and, and this they is a immediately... big famous... <laughs> this is... This is kind of, I, when the movie came out, this is the only press that it had. <laughs> you would see this trending on Twitter and the like. Yes. Yes, this is the moment where Adam Driver is singing opera and going down on Barry Conti yes. at the same time. <laughs> they have vigorous Henry... sex in time with the music. Uh... <laughs> Henry McHenry, <laughs> as we'll find out, and as you may have presumed already, is not the greatest of guys, but... He is one of very few characters in film <laughs> history that we know canonically goes down on his wife and you can't fault yeah, him for as, that. as much as he is a portrait of a flawed man, he does have this one moment <laughs> of Very generous redemption. lover. <laughs> and Sophie, I don't mean to correct you, but he does 
go down on her later. You see it again. That's true. <laughs> the same That's shot true. is just later on. <laughs> it's his one trait uh, potentially redeeming him in the eyes of the audience, or at least 50% <laughs> of the viewing audience. Uh, <laughs> but the song ends, and it's mm. now shower time. Uh, Anne eats and another apple. Time. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second uh, apple of the movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be a symbol. I have to assume it is. It's not apples and oranges is the comparison thing. Apples are like, I don't know, like Eden, like she's Eve, but she's not like an innocent necessarily. I don't know if no. they're building that up. So that doesn't make sense either. I just, I was spent so much of my viewing experience trying to figure out what this apple meant. And I got nothing. I got nothing. Just rendered. a lady who likes apples. Um, she doesn't like finishing But after apples. shower time, of course, comes. And this <laughs> is important. Comes. Tickle time. Tickling time. <laughs> yes, he walks out in a robe just like the one he wears on set. And he uh, tickles Anne's feet despite her protests. Although she eventually breaks down laughing. <laughs> I don't know how to describe tickle time because it's exactly what it sounds like. Just he tickles her for a little bit. They're a couple. They're in love. They're tickling. Ta, ta, yes. ta. And remember it because it becomes <laughs> crucial. <laughs> Please never describe tickling again in my presence. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's a jaunty little. I thought Peach Blanket Bingo was going to be the one that broke me, but I think every time you come on this podcast, it's just going to be another version. It's a little hickory dickory dock on the tootsies. Oh, no! Um, okay, we're moving on because we're interrupted by the best part of this movie, Showbiz News, <laughs> which is like a TMZ news alert that happens every once in a while to progress the plot so that we don't have to see it actually unfold. And I love it. I love this it, shit. <laughs> it looks terrible it so looks bad worse than tmz it <laughs> looks like, like like um a youtube comedy group sketch version of a knockoff <laughs> tmz the green screen is so apparent the graphics passive package is like the default package that comes with adobe premiere it's crazy i like it so much it's awesome <laughs> but, but it, they got married <laughs> They did. Showbiz News tells us that the stars have gotten married. Henry apparently doing so in a green beanie that matches the robe he performs on. He will not wear this beanie again. again. Uh, <laughs> just a quick Mike Nesbitt appreciation and mm -hmm. out. Yep. Is the name Mike Nesbitt of the monkeys? I think so. I don't know enough I about the monkeys Mike band Nesbitt. numbers. I have to correct you on it even if you were saying the wrong thing. So I'm just going to assume it's right. <laughs> You're a music guy, right? You got music stuff. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> What warms up next? The orchestra. The orchestra warms up. Uh, the piano music kicking in. Did you forget? <laughs> Did you forget about our boy? Uh, it's the accompanist. This is, this is where Simon Helberg re-enters the movie. This is this is funny because I I didn't even think about it until, <laughs> but presumably, uh, this, uh, this this piano is the same piano from the end of Get Smart, where the bomb is strapped on. True. True. Savvy viewers will recognize this location and piano from a previous movie struck uh, moment. Get smart. Um, and true where... film appreciators <laughs> will remember the great gag. <sighs> they went, well, where's the bomb? Would you believe under the piano? It's here. Was that a total guess? Yes. Total guess. Yes. 
I saw that movie a lot more than I remember that. <laughs> that rhythm was inherent in me like a heartbeat. Yeah, you got that in one. I was like, I think I know what Gaggy's going to say because I had to watch this movie less than a year ago, but I don't <laughs> totally remember it that well because I tried to, much like a lot of the movies we watched for this podcast, it went in one side of my brain and it lasted until recording and then I just sent it on out immediately afterwards to make room for the next pick of the week. Uh but the accompanist, as he's going to do every time he has um, plot-relevant information, sings about exactly who he is, the accompanist, uh, how he accompanies Anne, and, but at heart, he's going he's a conductor, and someday he's going to be a famous conductor, but right now, he's just the accompanist. And we spin around him while he plays the piano in this shot, and then we're going to do the same motion later on. And I, I also, I just want <laughs> wow. he, he does not sing. No, no, he like Simon Helberg's character exclusively speak talks, which isn't I believe if I'm not mistaken, uh, I I do believe I read somewhere and just watching him, I believe he is accompanying himself on the piano properly. Mm-hmm. Um, which and if you listen to the song, it's very it it's it's a tough act to do this this sort of way he's playing and the and the way that the dialogue yeah. uh, comes in, and I can't fault him for that. Um, it's, it's a very on the nose sort of thing. Um, but also apparently in this world, um, much like opera stars, uh, accompanists and, um, you know, conductors uh, conductors are huge, huge celebrities. Um, I think at one point he says, and every bar, every bar will (laughs) will bear my signature. You know how you go to a dive bar, you go, you go to the Hollywood tavern. I uh, thought he meant like (laughs) bars of music. No, I think he means like, I think it's, I think it was a thing at one point in like, like places like Sardi's or something, you know, how uh-huh. they have like the, the portraits that are like signed or something. I think it's kind of, I, the way that every conductor in the back half of the 20, <laughs> 20th and beginning of the 21st century wants to be, uh-huh. he wants to be Leonard Bernstein, but that doesn't exist anymore. Nobody's right. that famous. And even so, was Leonard Bernstein that famous? <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah, I do like that he just kind of tells us what his whole deal is, that we don't have to waste too much time on it. And then later on in the movie, because he's going to accompany her here and then kind of disappear for a while, he's going to do the same spiel, but updated. Uh, and he doesn't I, come I, up. He does, he's doesn't... not really important until <laughs> no. like four-fifths of the way through the movie. And then he's very important, but yeah. they just got to give him a little something to do. Yeah, right now he's just doing his Florence Foster Jenkins role uh, in the background, we have to assume. <laughs> but we, we go from watching Henry shadow his whole performance uh, happening at the same time. We return to Anne's side of things. And this time, instead of watching a questionable comedy routine, we're going to we have Anne time. We're going to watch Anne do stuff. It's performing, but Anne's side. Uh, <laughs> this is where she sings about being very afraid on a dark night. Uh, and like many of the songs in the movie up to this point, 90% of the lines are, it's very dark and I'm very afraid. And sometimes <laughs> she'll break it down a little bit more. And when she does, she sings about how someone is not what he seemed. Uh, and it's very on the nose. <laughs> it, it is. It's the movie has given you nothing. It hasn't shown Adam Driver be a good guy, but no. everything about the movie and everyone in the movie is just like I don't trust that Adam Driver very much. Yeah. It has. I do like. It's a sort of a magical moment. Um, mm-hmm. So she's in this Camp Rock Two set. Yes. Where and... it's got all these like basically paper trees, just kind of hanging pieces of cardboard. And then halfway through the song, the back of the stage opens up. You're not sure if it's an actual set, but it's much more like realistic of a forest. And she walks into it. It is mm-hmm. a forest. It's probably it, it's very resemblant of the forest where she and Henry live. It's the magical forest where a spider <laughs> is watching. Them. I don't know why this called me this. Yes! They do just make a point to be like, and there's a spider nearby. And there's a deer who is so clearly taxidermied. 
Yes. <laughs> it's... I, I didn't understand... I don't understand a lot of the symbolism in this movie. I don't think that's a very hot take. I'd say that's a pretty cold take if you mm-hmm. are in the minority people who have actually seen this movie and have takes sure. on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Brendan, but also not that sorry because you made me watch no, this okay. movie. <laughs> now talk about it. Um, I did like this moment. I did. I like when you kind of get to break from the stage to the whole magical mm-hmm. reality of this 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 show within a show that's not quite explicitly a show within a show because you're watching that's the thing. a movie that's not fully committing to the idea of like oh this is actually a stage production it's like no no this is a real story but it's also not it's got the language of a stage production it's like what, are, what do you want from me <laughs> it's, it's not even having a it's like it's trying to have its cake and eat it too where it's like mm-hmm. oh the role that Anne's playing in this opera is similar to what's happening in her real life but that'd be interesting if it was a real opera and not an opera that you wrote where there's only one song that we hear from it. Yeah. Like, it's very... Did you happen to catch... Uh, what was it? Did you see uh, I Want You Back with uh, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate? Uh, no, it's a I rom-com missed that. that came out early in the year. It's actually... I, I enjoyed oh. it a lot in terms of... Because, uh, you know, they don't really make rom-coms anymore. Yeah. But there's this uh, very charming moment. The, the idea of the movie... Um, I was about to apologize for the digression, but knowing your listener base, I'm sure everyone yeah, was like, fine. ooh, a new movie. <laughs> Tell me the plot of it. Um, where basically uh, people, uh, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate, their partners break up with each other. They meet each other. They work in the same office. They're like, oh, let's get revenge by, let's try to hook up with each other's partners. Mm. And somehow that's going to bring us back together again. I forget what yes. it is. Um, but she is basically, oh, she's, Charlie Day's old uh, girlfriend has a new boyfriend who is uh, the director of a school musical. <laughs> so try, try, she's trying to break them up. And uh, by volunteering, and at one point in the movie, she has to uh, step up on stage to like, oh, I think she, they're doing Little Shop of Horrors. She like oh. tried to impress the guy, said, oh, I was Audrey when I did it in high school. And so they get to like a point in tech rehearsal where the actress is, is sick and now she has to sing Suddenly Seymour. But you're like, oh, she's gaining confidence herself. And also plot wise in the movie, this is a moment that's like important for her. Not, mm-hmm. not, what hap- not what's nope. happening in the net. No. Just, I need everybody to be reminded, if you couldn't already, <laughs> that maybe my husband is not a great dude. Yes, if you weren't sure now, you you better know for sure after this song finishes. Because she exits the, the crazy fantasy forest that presumably she and Henry live in and returns to the stage as Henry also once more finishes his presumably exactly the same set uh, in motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Doot doot, over to Anne's. Uh, entering the wings, he catches the end of her opera as Anne sings about how she was uh, love and now she's dying to really mm-hmm. hammer home the metaphor of the whole thing. Uh, and she... <laughs> I know this is an opera that we're watching now. That is exactly how operas sound. Because that's that's the other. Because every a lot of the lines in the the music here, or throughout the piece, a lot of the lyrics are very simple and just mm-hmm. like they're repetitive and kind of describing very one to one what's happening. But that's just that's kind of the game when it comes to opera, or especially like English <laughs> translations of opera. Yeah. Where you're like watching and they've got the little screen at the top saying, "This is what they're saying." Beautiful melodies, but you're watching La Boheme. <laughs> just trying to keep an eye on the top of the uh, top of the stage where they have the little ticker and on the uh, actresses at the same time. And you're like, oh, it's just about flowers. You just like flowers. They should That's make the like song. those, you know, those like opera goggles that they always wear in like Ooh, movie yeah. stuff. They, they should make should one that goes those. up and one that goes down, so you can watch the stage and the ticker <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> That's a real hack right there, because then you just to this... divert your attention. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like so, you—it's not even cross-eyed; it's up and down. Like yeah. I can't even. 
I can't physically imagine. Yeah. It would like a like I don't know how telescopes work, but I assume that if you were just <laughs> angle them slightly, you could get both benefits of both. It's like those glasses you wear so you could read laying down, like the mirrors, or like that you would get. <laughs> they were all <laughs> all the rage. <laughs> <laughs> or they'd be in like spy like the spy kids kits you get as a kid where oh, it's like sure. glasses that like let you look down or behind you or something it's like that mm. but just in two directions anyway that's my product <laughs> pitch shark tank hit me up uh i do i do have to this is in this moment this is a big mm-hmm. theme, thematic moment for henry mchenry yes uh, so henry uh, mentions in his i forget how exactly he phrases it but he mentioned in his uh first stand-up thing where he basically um a hobby of his is that he um, stares into the abyss. Yes. <laughs> he's, a, he's an unfeeling sociopath. He mm-hmm. uh, just stares into the darkness and the disgust at human life, and he's tired of it. And a point of contention that he has with Anne, something that he pokes fun at her uh, on her behalf and also to her directly, is that in her opera, she's always dying, 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 and bowing, bowing, bowing. So, she, so you get to see him watch in the audience as he... As she dies in the scene and then a moment later comes out bowing. He's sort of got this growing resent that he's placed on her. This is Mm -hmm. my my artistic analysis. Um, He's got this, uh, you know, he's projecting uh, this onto her that she, so, you know, he deals with uh, viewing into the abyss. Uh, It, you know, drives him to insanity and other things later. But... (laughs) She can conquer the abyss and come out bowing. He has this sort of resentment generally yes. on her and her art form. And there is a, there's a single shot. It's <laughs> when Anne's dying, there are all these sort of grotesque characters in the background. They all have strange sort of hats and costumes. Mm-hmm. And it's all like they're all gnarled. It kind, of, it kind of reminds you of like the costumes in that one scene in Birdman. Yes. Where everyone's just kind of, it's like nature, but they're animals, but it's gothic. It's kind of Tim Burton. And mm-hmm. there's a one, it's like a two second shot uh, where Anne's getting ready. She's changing out of her bloody gown into like what she can bow in. And they just like show all the other people, all, the pe- all those gro- weird grotesque people in the scene standing around like waiting for the curtain yeah, to rise. Yeah, the curtain's gone down. They're all like, oh, well, we're, we're obviously not mic'd or anything. They're just sort of like, I guess we can relax now. I don't yeah, know if we're bowing. Like they don't know what to do with their hands. They look like, um, they look like those floop creatures from the first Spy Kids movie. <laughs> Uh, but she McHenry dies. Henry is a madman. Oh, he's crazy. He's nuts. Uh, <laughs> but Anne takes her bow, and we leave the stage. And showbiz news! They're back, baby. They announce that Anne and Henry are having a newborn girl. So we've progressed in time and plot. Thanks once again to the heroes at Showbiz News. So creatively named. Truly, no one could have thought of a better <laughs> <laughs> news service. And before Anne can give birth. Mm hmm. We got one more scene. <laughs> I'm a driver going down. This another shot of the going down as part of like a, a. I couldn't tell. This was one of the scenes in the movie where I'm like, I don't know if this is a nightmare that Henry is having or if this is reality, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's supposed to be unclear or if I just wasn't oh, yeah. quite catching like something that was going on. Uh, but there's mm. another like weird strobe sequence. Henry Restless is having nightmares about having like a clown baby uh, doll. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about a clown baby. <laughs> Which I was worried. I'm like, oh no, is that what the marionette puppet that I know is coming this movie is going to look like? But no, it's just another different no, no, no. puppet that is very spooky in its own right. Um, oh yeah, I 
totally yeah, this human ass looking. <laughs> so it's like a newborn squirmy ass baby with like with big, like, wooden he, head. Uh, like Joaquin Phoenix Joker makeup on it's it. It's crazy. Uh, this is where we get the second uh, going down shot, and Henry's just sort of generally <laughs> restless, and we transition out of this into um, nurses singing at Anne to breathe in push and out. And push and <laughs> that's it. Yes. And put it's very. I can't. There's a there's. There's a woman here who's really selling it. Like, she's really driving yeah. it home, one of these nurses. She's like, I'm going to get a day, too. I'm going to get two days on set, my daily rate. Double it. Let's go. Well, everyone everyone is very clearly... I think this is, at this point, Ariana DeBose had... Like, I think Hamilton has already come out on mm-hmm. recording. She's already in the prom. I, she already did West Side Story. She was very clearly on her way to winning an Oscar. Everyone in a musical theater recording, anyone and their mother can be like, it could be me. I could be hosting the Tonys in two years now. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is the birth of uh, Annette. As Anne continues to push, Henry cracks a joke about their baby being naked as they come out into the world. And that makes her laugh uproariously for a very long Good, time. Anne. Keep laughing. Keep <laughs> Which the nurses encourage for reasons I was unclear on. <laughs> I can't believe that's a real... This is also... This is, besides the tickling, this is the only time where uh, Henry makes Anne laugh. Yes. And to the film's credit, I think it's doing something again. It's trying to make a point where uh, Henry and his sociopathicness is just, he's uh, he's talking to the doctor like they're like very much involved. And Henry's off to the side and he mutters. He's like, am I doing everything that I can, doctor? And it is a funny thing to say. He does play it. I think it's timing wise in a room like that. That would be something that plays. But it's his real insecurities <laughs> coming out. Mm-hmm. It's just... That's how he expresses himself to the world, and the world returns with laughter. Yes. Um, but then Annette, <laughs> Annette is, is born. born. She's here, and she <laughs> is made of wood. She's I... a marionette. Yes. Annette, the marionette, is born, and she is passed around Mary... like a football across the room several times, Annette. like up in the air. They're going. They're being very liberal with the fact that this is a puppet and not a human baby, and therefore they can pass it around like a prop instead of a person. Uh, and we the don't biggest fucking ears you've ever the seen. Reveal, ears on this marionette. The reveal of this puppet because they like they you know she's born and then they pass her around and it's not until she is in her mother's arms that we get any sort of lighting on her and we see mm-hmm. the little like leg joint it's like oh that's not a human baby and then we go to their <laughs> home where Annette lying between her parents in bed is like very clearly a puppet and oh man i, I did it. not like the look of this puppet i love her so, so goddamn much. much i think she's so funny every it's it's she's just funny looking and she because there are moments where it's like Oh, it's clear that they're operating her with strings mm-hmm. or like, you know, uh, rods or something that they've green screened out. Um, but there are a couple moments where you can tell that they've just kind of like, oh, well, we'll like attach a servo or something to her leg so it'll kick. And the head is just so her, her parents are asleep on the bed, you know, exhausted with a newborn. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of sitting up and the head is on a swivel. Her eyes don't really move. <laughs> it's just kind of huh? Huh? just kind of being a baby. I love that little Annette. <laughs> uh, the Annette doll is so creepy when you first see it, and then it kind of grows on you in a weird way. Uh, well, it also <laughs> it also I grows think up. Cool, it grows up. There are several different puppets yes. at several different Much points like in her Little life. Shop of Horrors, which I think we already mentioned on this podcast. Mm-hmm. There are several phases of this puppet. Um, 
I like puppets on screen, generally. <laughs> I want to put that out there. I think that it could be really fun to put a puppet in your movie. Little Shop is probably one of my favorite musicals. Mm-hmm. I built the Audrey 2 puppets in the past. It's a blast. Oh. Uh, I wanted to like and this puppet. And what's up on that? What? <laughs> I, I, I wanted this puppet to be a highlight of the movie. I wanted it to be what tied the whole thing together for me. And instead, I was just like, oh... I don't know if this character needed to be a puppet instead of a human person. <laughs> I don't know if I totally understand why she's a puppet. I will get, we'll get to it. Because she's not always a puppet. Hey, we'll get to it. We'll this get whole podcast is a big spoiler, Brendan. We can't just keep saying we'll get to it and then pushing off be a lady the later. terror. She's going to be a little girl later. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not, not in like a Pinocchio. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not Nope. <laughs> Uh, Henry rocks her to sleep as voiceover Henry is like, this is a baby. My baby. And he like this holds it up baby. like poor Yorick in Hamlet. <laughs> he is, this baby is fresh. This is like a week old baby that's like, you know how babies, like you see them in like the birth announcement pictures. They can only lay yeah. a certain way. It's like he, he's got that on his arm that he's just doing freeform yoga with. And it's he's nuts. smoking. He's just flying her around. They're, again, liberal use of the fact that this is a puppet and not like a real human baby because this means that they, <laughs> they can do so much that they could not do were she a human. Uh, but Anne continues performing as Henry stays at home with the baby, which he's sitting on. Get it? Babysitting. Haha. The movie calls this out by making it the line right before he stands up and you see that he was actually sitting on the puppet baby. You think maybe this is an indication that he's a poor father, but this particular moment is not really going to pay dividends other than the babysitting line. He's a good father. He's a good dad. <laughs> He's a... I'm a good father. I'm a good father. Uh, up until the uh, tragic turn of the movie, he does a decent... He's he's watching his kid. He seems to care about his kid. Other, again, he's sitting on the doll, but it seems to only be to the end of dropping that babysitting joke in. <laughs> <laughs> he does seem remorseful that he sat on the baby. Yeah. Um the singing of the chorus gets all spooky because they're back uh, and it's like ominous music about how something is about to break. And this is when Henry is examining his baby. So that's never a good thing. Um, Anne in her car takes a nap uh, as the news reports on the massive wildfire surging throughout California. And you think maybe this wildfire is going to be like a problem at some point, but don't worry about it too much. Uh, And as Anne dozes off, the chorus begins to sing instead about Henry's six former abuse victims who are now coming forward. Uh, Six women have come forward. (laughs) Yes. All with a similar story. (laughs) Subjected to Henry McHenry's abuses. And his anger, his anger. But yeah, so uh, Anne has this sort of dream sequence. It's not really clear as to whether it's something that has happened or something that she's fearful of happening, um, where these women have come forward um, saying that Henry has abused them. Sort of, you know, mirroring the Me Too movement, something I haven't Mm -hmm, really seen mm -hmm. yet in media or in uh, in film, at least. um, Yeah, it's uh, imagery that's that's like very familiar to a modern audience, which I guess kind of hammers home the point that this is an original... Spoken word opera. Um, (laughs) I think it's interesting. Uh, It confused me again, similar to Henry's previous clown-related nightmare, where I was like, I am not 100% sure if this is a dream or not. It doesn't really come up again, (laughs) so I'm inclined to think it's a dream, because we see the woman give their song, repeating the words Brendan so kindly sang for us earlier, um, and saying that the ultimate goal of coming forward is to warn Anne. So I lean towards this as more of a dream than anything else. And then, of course, it does. <laughs> she does. She wakes up and you're like, oh, maybe it wasn't a dream. And then um, 
mm-hmm. in her weird little limo thing, Henry's uh, motorcycle is speeding towards them at 60 miles an hour, and then she wakes up again. Yes, she wakes up again, and uh, Showbiz News, I assume, is there. The premier media outlet continues to report on the wildfire, which, again, will not pay any further dividends <laughs> after this scene. Um, this, is a, this scene reminds me a lot of... Um, I don't know if you've seen. I almost chose it for uh, to be the movie, which oh, <laughs> it's, good. it's a good movie, so I'll probably never bring it to the podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it reminds <laughs> me a lot of Holy Motor. Have you ever seen that one? No, I haven't. Um, it's another Leos Cox movie, um, <sighs> which is about. Uh, it's it's I I highly recommend it. It's 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 very good. Um, <laughs> I think if you like Annette, you definitely <laughs> like this movie. If you <laughs> and also if you went crazy about Annette, I think it's a good movie also. Um, but a lot it's, of recommendations it's about coming out of this episode <laughs> for other it's not movies. An actor. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing I've noticed happens a, a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep kidding you. No, please. I've noticed this happens a lot when people come on the show and do movies that either I don't particularly like or they don't particularly like. We end up rec- recommending a lot of other movies <laughs> that listeners might like instead of the one we're talking about. I didn't tell them to watch Death on the Nile. I think that would be a bad waste of your time. <laughs> Yes, seconded. Don't don't watch the new one. But anyway, what what is this movie, other movie that we are recommending they watch? It's called Holy Motor. I forget it's called Holy Motor or Holy Motors. It's about this actor who has several different appointments for performances throughout the day, and his um, mm-hmm. he's driven around by his manager assistant in a limousine the whole time, and he's kind of sits in the back. He's got a little TV set up. Um, it's a it's a, if you're an actor or you're interested in acting, I think it's I think it's something everybody on that regard should see. It's an interesting meditation on what the actor's life is and what it could be and where it might be headed. Um, but no, yeah, that's a better movie than this. <laughs> I can admit that. Oof. Uh, uh, yeah, well, we meditating on that and continues to think on her dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Henry no goes once more off riding into the night on his motorcycle, this time with visions of the various ways that Anne has died on stage in the opera, playing through his mind. And when I say playing through his mind, I mean crossfading over him as he drives away on screen. And we finally end this little sequence with a close up uh, crossfade of Annette's freaky little face before we yeah. go to Vegas, baby. <laughs> We have to assume has... that he just rode his motorcycle to Vegas, right? That's what that sequence. That's not a crazy Cause, drive. Because it's driving through like the desert, right? You know, it's like, I know, yeah. LA to Vegas isn't that far. You could drive Outside that. Also, he's a sociopath. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he likes these sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see the second uh, full rendition of the Ape of God performance. Uh, Henry <laughs> McHenry is back. <laughs> For the first time in Las Vegas, this new locale for him, he goes on doing his coughing bit uh, from before, describing doing comedy uh, and waiting in the mist as like trying to get a blowjob in a gas chamber. This is the first joke that does not go over well with the audience. Somebody says poorly. This is one of the big, this is the scene, there are so many bad line reads in this scene. Somebody goes, that's not funny, Henry. The hecklers in this scene. Immediate, are immediate they are the clearest hecklers that have ever been caught on an audio recording um yeah. they're so so distinct and also, also all of their reads are exactly the tone that you just did. the first scene in the first scene you know the audience was a big part of it they were singing but it was the the the, the house was dimmed they just had like some spotlights that would presumably mm-hmm. be the actual lighting of the theater this it is bright in this yes. room yes and it's not just like a hall in like a casino. It seems like it's a proper theater. There are levels and all. But yeah, the lights are on. Everyone is looking Ooh. at Henry and he's looking right back. And he is <laughs> bombing. 
so bad. And the comedy is not that different from what he was doing in his first act, but it's worse. Uh, he talked about how he considered canceling the performance because he has a wife and baby now. And like that goes over okay. And then he starts mumbling about it. And it's like, mm, this is going to get worse. Uh, and when he Louder, repeats... Henry, <laughs> into the microphone, they say. And he repeats at the audience's request uh, that he killed his wife this morning. Which we, the viewing audience, have been given no indication to be false. And the audience in the theater reacts very similarly to how I felt with being like, that ain't good. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he describes yeah. in thorough detail how his wife woke up this morning, mm -hmm. asked to have sex, mm -hmm. and instead of saying no, no. Uh, he diverted her attention by bringing it to <laughs> skipping ahead of the evening because the way they usually work is yes, it's yes, yes. go down on your wife time and then it's uh -huh. shower time and then it's tickling time. He nope, pushed we're tickling skip time steps one and two up. <laughs> and this is I I I I really want I can't stress this enough. And there in the first in these two sort of sequences he has where he does stand up, and the the material is not funny. Adam Driver handles himself incredibly well yes as a performer on a stage because these are long shots and these are long scenes it's hard to like mm -hmm. watching him you're like you he really does capture being a stand-up comedian i think very well in a yeah. way that robert de niro <laughs> maybe does not <laughs> the, the performances are not a, the problem i have with this no. like adam driver i think handles himself well mm. mary kodalart same thing uh what's his name who I, would, yes for what it's little screen time he has, he's fine. You know, it's it, again, it's Florence Foster Jenkins 2.0, but like with mm. more murder. Um, Annette is a doll, so that's a mute point. And everyone yeah. else appears scattered at best. So like performance wise, I think he does fine. Uh, it's more of the writing dire and direction here that, uh, oof. But he describes in detail and physically he does it quite well. I, th I think it's yeah. a good bit. Like it's good clowning. It's just good. You don't see a good Lotso. <laughs> Let me talk about it. You don't see a good Lotso on stage nowadays. Definitely <laughs> not in film. He really, he, he, he chews it to all the, he elevates well. But he uh, uh, uh -huh. uh, demonstrate to us how he tickled his wife to death. That she yes. has some sort of heart attack. He tickled uh, her while... feet and she laughed so much that she died. Which, as you mentioned, he acts out on stage mm -hmm. uh, to a completely silent audience. I guess the punchline of this joke is that he tickled her to death or that she laughed so hard she died. It was well, a little unclear. <laughs> I do. I can't even just like joke structure. I do think this, the way he brings it around is because so he, she, he mimes her dying and then like uh -huh. mimes him reacting to it or not mimes, acts it out. And it's very real in like a way yeah. that like it, it's the, it's the most boisterous that Henry has been throughout the entire movie. Like, so you get like a touch of what his real reaction would be in that sense until mm -hmm. we'll see. Um, <laughs> but like he, or maybe he's just imitating how a human being would act. And then the, the turnaround to it is he then tries to take his own life by doing, by yes, trying to like, tickle himself. I tried to tickle myself to death too. Uh, Adam Driver acts this out but with of all of the panache he can, he can muster. <laughs> I think that's really funny. I think that's, <laughs> and also it plays. Like there's a couple of chuckles. Yeah, like, he gets there's the a smattering back. of applause and like laughs and it seems like maybe he's <laughs> turned it back around. Um, but there is, of course, someone who's like, no, you're sick. And then the chanting, like, all loops onto that one heckler. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this guy, he's our ringleader. And we, they all start to chant together about how sick Henry is. The uh, audience but... has turned against him. They no longer 
see him for someone who can make them laugh. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of mirroring that that sort of moment he had in no, not mirroring. It's a callback to that moment he had in the hospital where oh, he's saying these things and he's getting laughs. He can tell us he's disarming, but I think he's just kind of he doesn't know how to interact with humans. Yeah, and this is how he's. Uh, but the veil has gone. They're staring at him, mm-hmm. and he's staring into the abyss. And I fucking love this song. The audience <laughs> works itself up into a tizzy. He tries to. It's really sad. He, he like on, a, on like a little iPad. Uh, on the stage, he like tries to cue up the laugh, laugh, laugh song. Yeah, and all like the the backup dancers come out there trying to sing. No one is laughing. No one's doing well. He uh, twirls around the microphone. It flings off into the audience and hits a dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I like the return to the ha 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 song attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, but the audience just booing through it is very like I think it's a well mixed moment, if nothing else. <laughs> but then. Um, uh, we go into this new song now where the yes. audience is kind of admonishing him. Henry walks off stage. He's pissed off. Like, uh, I've seen comedians. Like, <laughs> this is a very true to life moment. Yes. Walk off stage and be like, fuck. I've, I've been this guy. I haven't. <laughs> not to that Have extent. But I'm not, not to this extent. But uh, he, um, he, they're yelling that he's sick. He goes back mm-hmm. on stage. And it's such like a, I connect to it. it. It's the way he delivers it. I don't know where he's from, but it does have a very, um, uh, Philadelphia uh, twang to it. It did, uh, didn't When he it? delivers the line to the audience, fuck off, fuck off, <laughs> fuck out of here. It felt very true, true to our hometown. Um, and he explains, he, the, the closing lines of the song, he explains, uh, we've got a problem, a big old problem. Because yeah. people are seeing him for what he is now. And what he mm-hmm. is sucks. And, uh, but uh, he, uh, <laughs> I forget if it goes right to it, but he then, I love it so much. He drives back home on the motorcycle. Yes. And it's out of driver alone in the desert. There's no background music, but he's just like frustrated to himself. And he's just like, he's mimicking the audience, but he's just going, oh, 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 so important. By this time he has grown a mustache. Yes. Yes. We see him go through in the, in the song, he kind of like exit stage and reenters a few times implying that he's Mm -hmm. done his act a few times as well. Uh, yes. every, but the audience just keeps moving through, through it. So I guess time has passed. I, mm-hmm. I have to assume. Um, very There's unclear how much now. time passes through. And until showbiz pops in, I never really know <laughs> where we are in the story. Uh, but he did do classic Adam Driver going from talking very normal to yelling, uh, which I feel like is like a quintessential <laughs> hallmark of the Adam Driver performance is you're going mm. to have a line where all of a sudden you are yelling. And if it is available, hitting a wall. It happens in Marriage Story. It happens in Star Wars. <laughs> it happens in uh, Annette. Uh, <laughs> but he's driving home. He's got a mustache now. He's got his mm-hmm. helmet. It's like the the visors up. And there's I don't think Adam Driver has buck teeth, but it does like the way the angle and this shot in the shadows. He <laughs> looks like a little rat man. Yes. <laughs> he's he's speeding home on his motorcycle <laughs> and he's just laughing to himself mockingly. He's going ha ha ha. He sounds like nuts and months. It's nuts. Uh, I really did buy the the chaos of it's all the fall in mm. this moment. I think that was well executed. Uh, but I was immediately furious as soon as we got home because we cut to Anne, who is alive, and she's staring at a half-eaten apple as she swims. <laughs> Why did she bring that apple to the pool with her, take two <laughs> bites out of it, and put it on the side of the pool? She's not continuing to eat it. She's staring at it like it's an art piece. Is it the same app? Did she have a fake apple made that she's just been carrying around this whole time? But that can't be it because we see her bite into the apple in the first shot where she's in the car at the beginning of the film. What is the purpose of this 
fruit! Later on in this scene, I will note, Anne uh, lights a cigarette and takes two puffs of it and then puts it out as well. <laughs> this is wasteful. This is the Hollywood elite. <laughs> I like this song a lot, though. This mm-hmm. is... Uh, in this song, uh, I, I believe it's called Girl from the Middle of... There was a girl mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Where Anne kind of mm-hmm. uh, speaks to her backstory. Which is just that she was lonely and then she became amazing at opera. And then yes. men became interested in her and for some <laughs> reason she chose Henry. <laughs> yes. she does. It's not really explained in the song why she chose Henry. It's sort of just like, mm-hmm. well, I picked him even though all of these men were available. And also, like, I'm a queen who has her own castle. I'm like, okay, does that mean you're going to dump Henry? But no, we're not going to jump mm-hmm. that far just yet. No, no, no. Um, but she, she kind of <laughs> reveals that she has this sort of emptiness that she's yeah. feeling. She's feeling... If it's not clear yet, she's feeling doubts about Henry. She's saying this now in her own song and that the song that the opera's putting on. Um, yes, I also, God forbid anything be too subtle in this movie. I, I can't, I, I can't uh, go past this song without mentioning. I just think <laughs> she, she goes to the bathroom in the middle of this song. In the middle of the verse, head to the bathroom, lights a cigarette, pees. takes out. She's sitting on the toilet. She's smoking. She lights a match to light the cigarette. Mm-hmm. Um, and like kind of sits up a little bit to throw the match into the toilet to flush it with her um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm presumably midstream and take a moment <laughs> I thought it was like she's smoking and she's trying to keep it hidden from Henry because she's like an opera singer smoking can't be good for her oh, voice is it like course. you know like my shameful like I do this when I'm stressed and I'm going to hide the evidence mm-hmm. kind of thing that's a good point I didn't even realize she's now, really so... concerned about her voice later on in a scene we'll yes. see pretty soon but this seems That's like a, a risk point. for an opera singer. Yeah, that, and then again, that. based on the way that most of this movie has been structured, entirely possible that she just said she really needed to take a piss in the middle of the song. That's yes. both interpretations I think are equally likely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, and this is this is maybe my favorite Annette moment in this in the movie. I think it's very <laughs> clever. I think this is the best point where they're like, "Oh, this is why it's a marionette as opposed yeah. to any other not a human thing." Mm-hmm. Is that? Um, Anne finishes up her song and she's lying in bed and she's feeling morose about Henry. And Annette pushes the door open. (laughs) Because she's she's supposed to be like only a few months old. Yeah. um, But she's walking. And, but it's just like a marionette, like jumbling around like she would see a street performer. Yes. Like my note says Annette hobbles to the door, wiggling wildly. (laughs) But it also, that's what a baby looks like at that age, trying to walk. I think it's clever. And this is a fun this is why it's talk- you're talking to this guy about Annette. <laughs> and then sings a short song to her uh, with the refrain, just keep right on walking, just keep right on walking. Mm-hmm. Keen-eared Sparks fans will recognize this from the 1977 <laughs> album Propaganda as the song Thanks But No Thanks. It is, um, this isn't a jukebox musical. Everything is original. Um, uh, but it's just for that little moment, they took a song from their catalog. I think that's a fun little gag. Also, for those keeping track at home, there's a point where they're like, when the band in the beginning is trying to, um, is uh, is warming up, uh, you can hear a guitar player briefly uh, eke out the riff of Amateur Hour off of Kimono My House. <laughs> oh, take mark it down on your bingo cards. We got two Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> two Sparks songs so far. Two Sparks songs and so far. Um, and the baby takes a few steps and plops yeah. down before... Um, Henry gets home. Well, before Anne picks her up and wings her around. 
<laughs> Again, <laughs> liberal use of the fact that she is not a human baby and therefore can be flung wildly around for dramatic effects. We see Annette being both an object to Henry and to Anne. Mm-hmm. Huh. Maybe mm. that's maybe there is a reason it makes you think she's a pump someone's pulling her strings. Henry Henry come home comes home. Yes. Uh, you know you're entering into the uh, you're getting near act two of this movie. And it's really it's a t- I was about to say it's more of a two act movie because you're about to see why. Um, but it, I think it's more, I guess it, it, it more does, it's like a five act movie. Like yeah. everything's kind of little episodes. Every, it's all separated by showbiz news segments. That's how you know which portion <laughs> of the movie you're in. Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> not a joke. That's 100% a yeah. critical plot structure in a way that you mark time in this movie because they're roughly every like 20, 30 minutes or That's so. That's a good point. Uh, but Henry comes home singing yes. what comes up, what uh, must come down. My star yes. is in the Klein. He's beating up all the paintings on his wall. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what other move could this family tearing itself apart, his career's failing, Anne's is thriving. We've got this beautiful baby Annette who's, uh, mm-hmm. who's you know, uh, neither of her parents are really treating her uh, properly as they should be. Um, what, what, what could possibly be next? We've got all our characters set now. Can something do, happen? Do, 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 It's showbiz news. <laughs> Back show at it. They we tell need us to that... let you all know. <laughs> oh, I love them so that much. The most famous family in America apparently is going uh-huh, on a boat trip. Uh-huh. We They're need to tell you. On their yacht. And as showbiz news is speculating, perhaps this is hope in an attempt to make their relationship, which is failing, uh, begin to succeed once more. Showbiz news, always here with the hard-hitting celebrity gossip <laughs> that we, the viewers of this movie, need. Um, Cut we... <laughs> to a typhoon. Yeah, a yacht as a storm, uh, as the subtitles say, rolls in. I would describe it more as... Storm is rolling in. It actively is... happening. <laughs> These are like 100-foot tall waves that this... It's like a, it it's, looks, I mean, it's a leisure vessel that is just like um, zooming on through. You know in the beginning of Frozen when their parents die and the <laughs> yeah. storm? It's the exact same storm. The same <laughs> level of waves, the same lighting. It's, they are in imminent danger in this yacht. And I don't know what kind, they're off the East Coast, I have to assume, because they were based in Los Angeles. I don't, they don't, do they get as bad hurricanes as we get East Coast? I don't know. Or did they I go got, so I, far across the Pacific that they started hitting typhoon territory? <laughs> TT, they're in the TT. Uh, <laughs> they, they've apparently owned this boat the whole fucking time. Yeah. Uh, That's Anne sings, a logical leap I'm willing to take <laughs> at this point. Anne sings another lullaby. It's a nice mm-hmm. tune. It is just another lullaby, though. Yep. That she'll protect like, Annette. Comfort the baby. All's well. Baby goes to sleep. Uh, with a wooden arm sticking straight up in the air that Annette then like, like puts that. down. <laughs> I don't know, that was very cute. It kind of feels a little bit like, oh, the puppet jammed up, but it does, it feels, that's a very motherly moment. But it moment. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tucks her in, she leaves, she goes up to the deck, she calls for Henry, who is sitting on the roof of the yacht in the midst of the storm and then jumps down, apparently quite drunk. Uh, He's not Anne's that like, drunk! Insisting he's not that drunk, but Anne's I'm like, Henry, drunk. you're drunk. We have to go below deck. There's a giant storm happening actively right now. Uh, and Henry's like, get a good idea. 
if there's anyone else on the boat who's driving it or where the controls are. No, it's just like, we're on this yacht, the three of us. Don't worry about any potential other crew. That's not important. Henry and her are waltzing on the deck and she's like, we gotta, we gotta go inside, Henry. But he's, he's too drunk to listen to that. And also seems... like, angry, maybe. <laughs> I, I like this a lot. This, um, I like the set in this uh, moment. It's a, uh-huh. it's all, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's real rain. It's, uh, it's, uh, they, they built the boat fully and you can, it's, it's a very stagey kind of a thing. Cause you can mm-hmm. tell the boat's kind of on a track or there's like a wooden, you know, when they like shovel yeah they're on like a platform a and it's like it's changing levels a bit and moving it's, kind of and it's like clearly rotating. like some sort of like hydraulic situation but it, and it the looks backdrop, very stage the backdrop i think if i'm not mistaken rather than a green screen they went with like projections mm-hmm. which is a very which is a very theatrical thing to do yeah uh, so the waves that they're projected behind them are much like closer up and you kind of get like this confused idea of place and space mm-hmm. um there's a point where they throw like 10 buckets of water on adam driver yes <laughs> The waves in this storm are frequently crashing onto the deck while they dance. Mm. And like every single one of them, like this is going to be the one that blows Anne away. This is the one where Anne gets knocked off the deck. And every single time it just kind of like douses Adam Driver and then Mm. nothing happens. I'm amazed at how, I'm sure there must have been a billion takes and like a thousand safety measures. Mm -hmm. But it's it's insane that they're not constantly falling over each other. Adam Driver's barefoot in the scene. How are they sticking to that deck? I wonder if they put, like, surf wax on it or something that would be, like, non visible oh, to the audience. But how are they sticking on the deck, Sophia? Not that well. Nope. Uh. Uh, <laughs> and, like, come down to the below decks and come for me. But Adam, uh, Henry's just like, no, and he gets angry. Uh, and Annette, uh, awake downstairs, looks scared as they continue to argue mm-hmm. uh, through the storm. There's a big swell. The pair is split up. And Anne goes overboard. R.I.P. to Anne, who drowns. Anne dies. <laughs> Not... Directly Henry's fault. It's not really... He didn't push her. No. Which is... The, the storm pushed her, <laughs> The storm pushed her, but he was the one who made her be in the storm. And, and he, he makes no attempts to save her because he just sort of goes like in a little ball on the side of the deck. And I'm shocked that he is not swinging wildly, rolling side to side of the deck as the boat continues He's very to still, immediately. He's very still. But he's repeating um, to himself, there's so little I can do. There's so little I can do. Mm-hmm. There's so little I can do. And There's so little pad- I can do. <laughs> and he but continues they... to sing that as he paddles away in a lifeboat with little Annette. Um, mm-hmm. which means a little have raincoat. To. It's she's adorable. Little... <laughs> 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 um, she's like a little American girl doll. I just want to see I her little outfits. This makes you assume that the boat sinks as well. So I guess or... Because they get yeah, on this lifeboat or... and then they like wash ashore on a rock somewhere as the storm rages on, mm-hmm. awaiting rescue, which will come fairly swiftly after the appropriate amount of dramatic moments that this movie mm-hmm. demands. And we never see the yacht again. No. For what I feel but... like are obvious reasons. <laughs> but they 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 uh they they land on this little island that just kind of seems like it's it all just seems like one big rock in the middle mm-hmm. of the ocean. There's no plant life on it. There's no sand. It's kind of a strange locale. Yeah. And. Uh, Henry uh, ensures Annette that help is on its way, whether it's not, he really thinks so. Mm-hmm. He puts a, a little blanket a around her, leaves her sitting, staring up at the moon dramatically, as all children who have moon. now lost a parent must do. Um. <laughs> the stars will sing you to sleep, Annette. Yes, and, he and then he crawls five feet behind her and collapses in a little huddle and falls asleep. And folks, <laughs> welcome to the movie. 
Yes, this is what the Wikipedia description tells you the movie is about, is this point to the end, which is the last 50 minutes of the two hour and 20 minute movie. This is where the title card, this is, I feel like it would be a way, I think if they waited to roll the title card until this moment, film people would be like, oh, this movie's amazing. (laughs) They do a drive my car where they set up for an hour and a half who these characters are, then they kill one off. At spoilers for Drive My Car. They kill one off very, very swiftly. And the rest of the movie, which is the actual movie, mm-hmm. is... Can I say, if you're... I know I just spoiled it five seconds ago. If you're going to watch... If you're going you to tell anybody to watch Drive My Car on HBO Max, <laughs> make sure to let them know not to read the description of it. Because the first line of the description of Drive My Car is, after a director's wife dies, he goes to direct a production of Uncle Vanya. And then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, has she already died? Because he seems to be very intimate with this woman for this whole first hour. No, and then you... No. Uh, so that it's pissed crazy. me off. Um, yeah, but uh, as Henry... Say this. <laughs> Henry leaving his daughter staring at the moon and falling asleep. Um, we get this like ethereal child, as the subtitles described it, vocalizing uh, <laughs> at the moon, presumably. Um Little Which Annette. Little Annette is singing. Singing. Um, and Henry. Quite well. Quite. For. Hazily. However old she is. I don't, yes. Because you look at her like, she could be three. I guess she's not one. Yes. She's old enough to she's like know baby. how to walk, but she's a baby and will be referred to as Baby Annette frequently in this last act. Um, it's unclear if Henry notices like her singing or if he's just sort of like a little bit crazy right now because his wife just drowned and also presumably their boat went down and they're stranded well, on a rock. Well, he can't tell. Mm-hmm. He thinks he thinks he may be dreaming. Why his baby's singing all of a sudden? Yeah, uh, that be um, that be uh, magical and mystical. And this movie doesn't have any <laughs> a of that. Miracle. So <laughs> uh, as Annette's little song kind of happens, ominous music kicks in over it, and Anne, now drowned in a very cool drowned lady costume, I will give mad props to the production design team. I it's love Anne's good. drowned look. It's awesome. She's got like kelp all dripping off of her and it's very theatrical and like but she's like it's, probably, cool it's like a she's like a japanese water ghost yeah like, she looks cool as heck <laughs> her her shoulder blades are like like they like sprout out of her now yeah. <laughs> she's, and her hair is like demotic. extra long and like reaches the whole length of her dress it's it's great 10 out of 10 no notes um but she sings about how she's gonna haunt henry through annette now so you know i'm no longer love yes. i'm revenge uh <laughs> she has... and they have to spell it out for you just in case that is how they talk in operas because this i remember being <laughs> in the theater when this moment happened i was like oh yeah it's not a musical it's an opera this is an opera ass thing to happen <laughs> but yeah. she yeah she explains that she's sort of enchanted annette with this power this mm-hmm. beautiful singing voice to kind of haunt henry McHenry. yes magic and all that i it made me wish that maybe Anne had sung this melody at some point earlier in the movie to really <laughs> drive that home or done this sort of vocalization but no it's just accepted like it's Anne's voice we're gonna roll with it um oh no it is i i'm not it? to it is it's the song that she sings it's, ah, 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 ah. it's that's the song that she sings in the opera okay earlier. good i'm glad that she there's that through line then so it is um, kind of her song not to <laughs> no ex- good <laughs> This that is makes my it a movie. little I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, speaking of defending it, Henry Nen defends himself to the police who are very understanding for being cops uh, as they ask him some quote unquote questions before <laughs> going back and forth about like, was it an accident? Are you good? You have very sketchy stand up. And he's like, no, it was an act of God. And they're like, all right, we'll take that explanation at face value and he's free to go. <laughs> I will just as a blanket piece of advice, you know, I've done a little stand up. I did some comedy mm-hmm. stuff in college. If you're a sociopath and you fantasize about killing your wife to the point where you're like, ah, well, if we were on a boat in a storm together, I wouldn't help her. <laughs> Don't bring it up in your act. Don't publicly nope. bring it up. Just as a general rule, maybe. Um... Just, I would. I would not. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't bring it. I wouldn't take it on stage. I don't think that's stage ready. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the cops are like. Checks out. <laughs> yep. We're going to, we don't want to dwell on this, fell, so we're going to let you move on. Uh, Henry leaves thinking about how he's a good father, even though the public I'm is all whispering father. about him. He stares father. at a like toy store window for a while. Um, I like that toy store window. It was nice. It's got it was, good again, toys. The, there's nothing like technically wrong with this film. All the departments <laughs> are doing a good job. I just feel like they're all doing different movies. Production design, sure. I loved it. Toy Store window looked great. Anne's whole like dead lady drowned look, awesome. The sh- scenes on the boat look cool. I don't necessarily know if they go with the story that's being told, but they certainly look neat. Uh, he returns home to Annette with a gift uh, where he dismisses Consuela, who is the nanny, I assume, and will also not appear in the movie after this no, scene. she's done. She's gone. She seems like a very loving, great... <laughs> Yeah, she She's seems like to be doing an excellent job love. of taking care of Annette while her dad is busy, um, mm. but she exits stage left, never to return. <laughs> um, he gives Annette a gift that he purchased at the toy store. It's a lamp that was in the window. It's very pretty. It casts all these stars and moons and stuff all over the room. It's very neat. Um, and as he turns the lamp on and it lights the room with its gentle visions of the stars, this faint tune of Annette singing kicks up once again. <laughs> Oh, and much to Henry's surprise, and we get Adam Driver looking super shocked as we don't see Annette <laughs> after the light turns on. We just hear the singing. Oh, we see her silhouette in the. Oh, it's good. That's the that's the logo. That's the it's the, the logo, logo for the movie. Yeah, yeah. The, the moon the is a moon lighting her, moon. and it's but it's very clearly animated. Like it's not a puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. He's just wowed by this doll singing, and uh, it's like, wow, a miracle. Uh, and we then get a shot of Henry laying in the crib with his big old man legs sticking out of the <laughs> through the bars. That's the cute. I think that's a fun thing. Sleeps. Yeah, that's how you get your legs stuck in a crib. I used to babysit uh, a lot because I have a lot of little You getting cousins. in those cribs? Well, there was one time where I had to climb in because like, there was something broke, and the only way to fix it was from the inside, and I had to stick my hand through one of the bars at one point, and my hand like got stuck in between the bars for a bit. <laughs> It's, oh, tough. It's, it's not made for like yeah it's not made for human limbs or not human limbs but for adult limbs yes. <laughs> kids it's fine <laughs> <laughs> well the, I, the adults usually go over that's the, yeah there's that's, a big opening at the, the top well he didn't he's just sticking his legs and i'm yeah. driving here he's just his i assume his thighs are bigger than my arm and he was just through that crib <laughs> did they have to cut holes for it anyway that's not important enough detail mm-hmm. to dwell on but it it took me out for a moment um yes. We return now to our old friend, the accompanist, who is no longer an accompani- accompanist and is now a conductor. Uh, and he brings this us is... up to speed in a kind of cool shot that is more talking. This scene rocks. This is, I think, the best scene in the movie. <laughs> I think this moment is fantastic. He, <laughs> I like his, the way the shot does open. So he's got a beard now. So in the mm-hmm. so he had a beard in the beginning when he was Simon Helberg. He didn't have a beard as the accompanist. And now he's yes. got a beard as a conductor. And he basically like, because this is also interesting too, which we I guess and we didn't exactly mention. But Simon in the in the first 
song talky thing he had. He is speaking to the audience. Like he's this is yeah. a direct address. He's there's no other characters in the scene. He's not speaking to himself. He's explaining the situation as it currently lies. He's breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he does the same in this scene. And the scene basically starts with him going, "Well, time has passed. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> yes. famous conductor now. I uh, I have a big old beard." And it's 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 it's, it's it, I would I would look it up. I'm sure if if anything, yeah, this, I think you should watch this moment. It's in very the movie. cool, and it, this, the whole shot is one take, and it it spins around him, always staying on uh, Sheldon. But every once in a while, he'll be like, "Give me a moment," and then go to conducting a really loud, big swell in the orchestral yeah. music, and then go back to describing what's happened. He's like, "I'm a conductor now. Mm-hmm. I think Anne would be proud of me, and I have my suspicions about why she isn't alive, but I'm not going to say anything more just yet." Ho ho ho! Mm-hmm. Uh, and that last also, one, we get the biggest swell in music. Oh yes, Anne and I, um, baby. We, we, I, 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 I may have been <laughs> fancying Anne this whole time. Is uh, is a perhaps? Yes, um, we plant that seed. Also, to Simon Helberg's credits, sim- kind of almost more impressive than the first part, because in the first uh, scene he was playing piano, but also uh, speaking in rhythm, mm-hmm. and now he's conducting. And you can watch him conduct the whole time; it lines up with the music. I mean, and the and the techniques he's using, like you can tell, he really worked with the, whoever was conducting. Uh, mm-hmm the piece um like he's he's keeping in time and he's like he's key, like he's queuing at the right time he's playing a little ahead um as uh, as some conductors do like it's it's like i i you really can't uh can't fault his <laughs> his technical prowess here yeah but, like um, I, I think i mentioned the top of the podcast simon helberg was performance is one of the like bright spots in the movie for me it's really like good he, like I, honestly, he's really I good in this movie he wasn't at least nominated <laughs> he for, really a golden glo- for a globe sing for gg but his performance is great and he's clearly like mm jumping into the musical elements that he's supposed to and i mean he's playing mm. a uh, conductor so he wouldn't necessarily have to sing in his no, real yeah. equivalent so i think <laughs> yes. i think it works what a shame he's in so little of this movie yeah, for he's being not... the third biggest character behind yeah, he's not, i guess he's about to pick up a lot but he's not about to yeah he's not allowed to stay long for long um uh, henry's called him to the house he yes wants to he's show been invited to discuss a matter uh concerning a minute um after all, as he tells us, his love for Anne never died, nor his regret that their affair was only an affair, which I don't... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't use the word affair since they got together when she wasn't dating anyone else, and then she started dating Henry a week after they met, or after mm-hmm. they started hooking up or whatever it was. Tryst. Yeah, a little yes. tryst, a little moment, but they, mm-hmm. I, you know. If anything, I feel like Henry and Anne were the ones who had yeah, the affair right? on the conductor. <laughs> um, Poor Simon. <laughs> but yeah, he goes um, over to Henry's... Uh, mm-hmm. To, Henry shows him that Annette can sing. Yes. And she's like, this will blow your mind, dude. Uh, and they enter Annette's room, sleeping. He turns the lamp on. Annette starts singing. We get this shot of the conductor looking astounded. Mm-hmm. Um, we then go downstairs where Henry offers him a drink and brings him up to speed up the plan. Beautiful kitchen. Gorgeous. Their From home the- is a s- wonderful. <laughs> They've got like they're they're one of those kitchens that have like five fridges and they're all see through. Yeah. And he just he takes out like a plate of limes. Who has a plate of limes <laughs> in the fridge? In the fridge? In to the like fridge. just to like garnish his cocktail. In the fridge? That's I so like, many limes. I, How many cocktails are you drinking that you're specifically cutting limes for before those limes go bad? Is I I had friends in high school, uh, not in high school, in college <laughs> who um, would buy limes because they they liked drinking tequila. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd be over, they'd be like, well, Brendan, we have all these lives. <laughs> and, uh, and I always felt a little obligated. And that has led to um, what I'm assuming were some of the worst nights of my life. I cannot Aww. remember them. <laughs> <laughs> That's an unfortunate association to have with limes. Um, I do feel like every time I purchase a lime with the express purpose of using it for a drink, and I drink more that week because I have to use up the whole lime before it goes the bad. Limes. 
And you don't need more than one slice of lime per drink. So then you're just like, well, <laughs> now I got to make at least five more drinks to use up these lime slices. We ventured into like the after dark section of the podcast. What's your drink, <laughs> Sophia? That's this whole podcast. I don't know if you've noticed, <laughs> but we're really bad at, I say we're, there's only one person who hosts it. I'm really bad at keeping us on time and on topic. Henry, though, he's on topic. And he, he's with his topic. drink, he's like, hey, here's the plan. Us trio, we tour the world with Annette singing and the conductor conducting and me managing or something. I don't know. I'm her father. I'm her guardian. What ha- what have you. Um, <laughs> and the conductor's like, this is exploitation, which are words that he speaks. But Henry keeps urging him to reconsider singing, you know, or trio touring the world, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is. This is and really, it, really exploitation. Yes. He says. This is, he repeats. This is exploitation. Um, but Henry gets convinced him enough yep. to... Uh, conduct for Annette and uh, we we see the premiere performance uh, yes we get a little sequence in between where Henry oh, has sure. a nightmare uh, adrift on an angry sea and in a moment of rage kills the one he loves before going to bed and begging for Anne's forgiveness oh, yes. um, and on forgiveness he does do the I noted it classic Adam Driver scream delivery of the line because I'm pretty sure he just yells forgiveness <laughs> 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 he like ramps up to it is this also the moment, because this is, uh, this comes up later too. He kind of has a fantasy of Anne. Yeah, she's like her like, uh, ghostly vision and lays in bed with him. And it's like the sweet Anne he knew, but it dissipates. But then also, and ghost Anne with her cool costume. Yeah, water spirit Anne. So he's kind of hallucinating a vision of her, but also there is mm-hmm. an actual spirit haunting him. Yes, yes. His dead, dead wife. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but from this haunting nightmare, we then go to Annette's debut performance where the orchestra swells, bringing us to the future where the conductor is, of course, conducting. An announcer prepares the crowd to His see the performance has grown of Baby thicker. Annette. Time yes, has passed. <laughs> Lacking the cr- cr- critical touch point of showbiz news, we must rely mm-hmm. on Simon's beard instead to tell us where we are in time. The announcer pre- prepares the crowd to see the performance of Annette. The curtains open. You've read about her. <laughs> You've heard about her. <laughs> I do appreciate I that this particular goes. podcast comes with musical accompaniment. <laughs> no, it does. I tried to. T- I told myself earlier. I was like, I'm going to try to see if I can't sing every song. <laughs> no, I can't. No, I'm having a trouble, difficulty recalling it. But this vote. So the announcer announces, uh-huh. "Here's Annette." Yes. And the curtain opens, and there's Annette on stage. She's in shadow. Henry McHenry has a terrible haircut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he is also on stage and also introduces Annette again. Yes, he welcomes the pr- crowd to the premiere performance of Baby Annette. Uh, describes Baby her as Annette! a miracle. <laughs> Baby Annette! <laughs> I am Henry McHenry! I am Henry McHenry! He's got to attach his name to it. Without yes, further ado, I introduce to you Baby Annette! <laughs> he hits it hard. He does. And he describes her as and... a miracle. Uh, he walks into yes. the shadowy part of the stage to indicate that he is morally compromised compared to this pure lit child <laughs> lighting. Um, the moon comes out. <laughs> we see a shot of the moon coming out. There's not a skylight in the... It's not clear, like, can she only sing at night? Does she have to look at the moon? Mm-hmm. There's no way she's looking at the moon right now. No, 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 no. Uh, he also takes the, the like, ape-stuffed toy that she carries around with her oh, from her yeah. as he leaves the stage. This is a touch point mm. that she's always got with her in the movie um because as you'll remember he's the ape ape guy yeah yeah yeah. also there's a part thing we brushed over it there's a part in that sequence in the beginning where he's baby or earlier when he's babysitting her uh there's just a shot 
of a of a gorilla holding her. It's like this big yeah. old gor- it's a it's very clearly a man in a gorilla suit holding this puppet. But it's like it's, it's just for a moment, but he's just he, a brief he, he's a gorilla. He's a gorilla and all of this. Yeah. Uh, um, but she sings. She sings her little song while Henry watches and... dramatically from the wings. She starts to float. She fucking starts to float. And <laughs> no one ever talks about how she also can fly. <laughs> can she fly or is it wire work? Because everything around her is like pitch black except for her. So I was, I, I but she always it was flies wires. With... <laughs> but I don't know why it's part of the act, though. If it is wires. <laughs> Because she's like a miracle baby. She can do all these miracle things. (laughs) But she flies around and no one's ever like, that's also a big part is what, but why would you, if I saw a baby sing, if I saw a baby sing as well as Annette do, (laughs) does, I'd be like, like, that's interesting enough. I don't know why they have to build to it. It's an evening of song. Do a song where she sings. Stagecraft, Brendan. (laughs) It's it's about the theater of it all. Annette goes she goes viral viral. she goes crazy (laughs) she goes viral she has millions so more important i need to touch on this because the shot the cutaways to it before we go to like someone films the performance on their phone and we we see it go viral over the world but before Mm -hmm. we see that we see every other child in the audience of this performance staring at her in awe. we see like five or six different children watching this performance and they're all their own audience cutaways (laughs) they really make a point about it and it really did, like, she's not, like, a role model for children. No. 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 She's just, like, they're just watching her. It's like that scene in Finding Neverland, but it just has no... Yeah. There's just no point to the children watching <laughs> it. Nothing. Uh, we also see her change costume a bunch as her performance goes viral to indicate she that she is amazing. doing many different performances. <laughs> she's, she's dressed to the were, nines. <laughs> do you think they were anticipating a big, like... Um, merchandising rollout like oh, they, they were have make to, a bunch right? of Funko Pops. It's like when they would give like <laughs> Batman an alternate costume for oh, episode yeah. and they're like, this is really gonna get those Toys R Us bucks. <laughs> you know? Um, mm. She gets but over they, uh, 81 million views on one of her videos. That's a good... Uh, this that's is something solid. I always like to take a look at in movies. They do a good fake YouTube in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got its own voice. It's in dark mode. It's purple. Because sometimes you see... Like I, the always the one that always reminds me of it's like in the opening uh, theme song of iCarly, you see <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this like shitty YouTube, and I know YouTube kind of looked like that back then, but it's like it's egregious. And any other time, like where you like watching a movie, like oh they can't use Google for no reason. <laughs> but this is a good fake YouTube for all of you keeping Solid track at YouTube. home. Solid fake YouTube. Crazy and amount they, of views. Um, she goes viral, and the trio mm-hmm. begins to travel the world performing. Uh, baby Annette performing with the conductor and her father. There's a shot of the um, monkey doll, or no, the doll holding the monkey doll floating over various cityscapes that made me think maybe I wasn't watching the right movie for a second, but no, that is a crossfade that they're committing to. (laughs) There's a lot of B-roll in that, like, two minutes. It's it's all, like, cityscapes, too, but also when she's going viral, it's, like, people, like, in, like, much (laughs) well-lit, like, very bright, very, like, clean actors who are just, like, Put up the phone and the phone's got a green screen on it and like, you know, we'll put in whatever. There's a shot of like a billboard in New York. But she's yeah. she's famous. Like they're touring around yeah. the world. Everywhere they go, crowds cheer for how much they love baby Annette. Um, for all you keen eared and eyed Sparks fans, <laughs> did you recognize that this is the biggest one that they have in the movie, but the pilots of their plane are the are uh, Ron and Russell Mail. There you go. Uh, they have a li- they have a little line that they're like yeah. starting their descent. 
And they sing um, it because it's not perfect. Not only that, but then the song about how uh, everyone in the world uh, is talking about how much they love Annette transitions into Bon Voyage of Sparks' <laughs> 1977 <laughs> album Propaganda. And you may be saying to yourself, Brendan, were they like a one-hit wonder? No, they didn't really have any hits. They were. They famously have a lot of albums. Why did they <laughs> only take like? Sure, amateur hour in the beginning. Come on to my house. Of course, it's in like it's all in that same like early like time like glam yeah. rock kind of Queen Sparks like era. Um, but why are they only playing like actual songs from Propaganda? It's one of my favorites. I can't like take it out. And also, I feel like the chorus in Bon Voyage and the, the actual song is much more like useful, kind of like in the context of this song. <laughs> I also, I, I, I do like, feel. I, I'm surprised if they weren't I have in the movie, I'd assume it was like movie. a rights mm-hmm. thing. Like it's cheaper to get the rights to one album oh, sure. versus different ones. But they're mm-hmm. heavily their, involved in the movie. It's their it. music. <laughs> they also, I forgot to mention earlier, but uh, they are also in the crowd in uh, Henry's first stand up act. Of course. Uh, the shot lingers on them for a second. Uh, Ron is wearing a fake mustache and a hat over his already real mustache, and Russell is dressed as a woman with a little bob and sunglasses. I was wondering what some of because the, there are some audience cutaways, but they're like they're lingering on the audience for what seems like no reason. It would just be a specific person. It's good to know that some of those were literally just for cameos. One of the other, it was the writers again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only have one more time uh, where they have they have no more spark songs in the in the piece, but they only have one more time. And I'm, I bet I wonder, I bet you could probably call it out. I bet you could figure out where they also appear. We'll see, because this whole movie is a blur to me in this last bit. Uh, we yeah, enter yeah. a quiet hotel room where the conductor shows Annette the view. Uh, Henry bun- bungles on in. He's like, ah, look after Annette for me while I go let off some steam. So, you know, he's like a little bit of an absentee father in this moment. Mm-hmm. And the conductor and Annette play piano. And the conductor sings the We Love Each Other So Much we song. We love each other so much. We that, uh... love each other so but he does a very, it's much slower when he sings it yes uh, but Henry... once again simon helberg he does sing he does sing it's, it's the first part he's singing um but he's accompanying himself again kind of caring for annette this mm-hmm. caretaker um yeah but he sings this song that was uh that was henry and anne's, and anne's. song yes and he you know and... looks all sad and conflicted as annette falls asleep little kid while henry is sleeping with a bunch of foreign women. Yes, he's or out hitting, in the club yeah. on the prowl as all the girls of the world are apparently into him and he's not sure what they see in him. And he <laughs> continues good, his little song <laughs> about girls in the bathroom by himself, asking himself in the mirror if he'll ever be lovable again. Lovable. That's so a great Adam Driver line read. Yes. Will I ever be lovable again? There is something, I don't dislike it, but there's something so distinct about an Adam Driver performance. And I'm like, I don't really know if anyone else could do the same performance. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad <laughs> yeah. thing, but it is certainly a thing. And it is it's his thing. very true. It's his thing. Like there is one type of role he gets cast in and it's pathetic, angry it. men <laughs> <laughs> that just get shit on for two hours. But of course, uh, so something we didn't mention earlier, but there's like coyote sounds that are specifically called out by the subtitles of this movie throughout the background oh, yeah. whenever they return to their house. And when we return to their home in this scene, uh, there's actually just a full coyote on screen. So really bring it full circle. You get circle. to watch the coyote make the sound. <laughs> I liked it. I don't know why I like that so much. It is fun. Like, ooh, little guy making the sounds. Yeah, the coyote rolls up. 
Uh, it's very, it's a beautiful shot too. It's like he's on like so a little pretty. cliff. He's in profile. He like knows where to stand. It's a great coyote performance. Yeah, and if they hadn't already established that Henry was the ape man throughout this movie, I'd think maybe the coyote is supposed to be Henry. But I don't think you can get both animal things in. Um, no. <laughs> but we watch Henry return to the house. Uh, he's just a little bit drunk. Uh, his motorcycle, as he's walking away from it, fully falls over, and he's just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> Which I thought That's was very nice. <laughs> nice little moment. Um, the conductor lets him in, and Henry asks after Annette, who is playing a small, baby-sized piano over in the corner. She's playing, <laughs> she's playing like one of those baby pianos that have like four keys, and they're all just little like bell sounds that aren't like necessarily yeah. the notes. But she has perfectly picked out. <laughs> we love each other so much. She's playing the song, yes. and nobody's ever like, "Oh my God, Annette at two years old can play on the piano as well." We should make this part of the act. Nope. Uh, it's just everything seems very chill until Henry picks up that she is playing uh, his and Anne's song. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he has flashbacks of his dead wife, who, as we all remember, is dead. Uh, and Henry <laughs> <laughs> asks how she knows that song, getting more and more uh, angry at the conductor for teaching her it, uh, as that was, as he says uh, explicitly for us, his and Anne's song. The conductor's mm-hmm. like, no, I wrote that song for Anne. In fact, the audience did not know till just now. And I oh, had every right so... to teach it to my star pupil. Um, this does not make Henry very happy. In fact, it makes him quite angry. Uh, <laughs> he's like... "Well, no... <laughs> I would say nothing makes him more angry than moments later when the conductor says, oh, and by the way, I think she might be my I daughter. I think she might be my daughter. Which, like, I thought maybe this was meant to be, like, an interpretive thing. Like, I spend mm-hmm. more time with her. I'm basically raising her. I am her real dad. But it's unclear because, as we know, he and Anne had some sort of romantic entanglement. One might mm-hmm. even call it an affair, as he seems to do. Uh, and while he says that was prior to her meeting Henry, the timeline is so mishmashed that it's entirely possible that I guess he's Annette's dad. We'll just we'll never know. There's no way to know. Um, they, uh, what, the news channel didn't tell us exactly how yep. much time. We depended on them, and they left us in the lurch. Showbiz news. Pick it Showbiz up. Showbiz news. Excuse me. Um, but they do, because it also, I, I, I think there's also a, 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 an appropriate read that Simon Heldberg has just kind of become obsessed with Annette. Yeah, I think that that is entirely fair. Mm-hmm. Um, like but, has worked himself into a psychosis. Yeah. But it doesn't matter too much. Nope. Uh, <laughs> no matter how you spin it, him saying that has got Henry real concerned because like him saying that in public be like could get make him lose Annette, he could lose his child. Mm. Uh, and the two put Annette to bed, who looks as concerned as a marionette puppet with the eyebrows flipped up in the other way can look. Uh, <laughs> and she like seems very uneasy with Henry and and then easy with the conductor who seems mm-hmm. to like make her chill out before she goes to bed and they just go out by the pool to quote unquote talk it out as Henry starts pushing the conductor around as he gets more and more nervous uh, about the proximity to the pool and how cold the water will be this evening yes, 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 yes. Um, they he tries to just talk it out with Henry but Henry grabs him and shushes him and throws him into the pool starting to drown him pushing him down into the water letting him pop back up to deliver lines that allow him to bargain for his life um, this is a moment too because it's it's it this is this isn't as, as versy as some lines are but mm-hmm. this is like he's making the decision just because he's kind of singing through this Simon Helberg but he, they, the decision was made that he's going to speak these lines. Yes. And oh boy, does it sound like a children's poem that he's reciting while he's, uh, while Henry McHenry is repeatedly shoving him under the water. Yes. And uh, with his dying breath, uh, he says the saddest, most pathetic cock line I've ever heard in a movie. <laughs> Which was, if only I could make Anne love me more. Oof. 
Oosh. And then he dies, Oosh. and then, like, he whispers it into a microphone very quick. He's dead. He's floating <laughs> in the pool, Joe Gillis style. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. just, like, ADR later, if only I could have had her love me. And then... Um, I yes. fucking love how Adam Driver Adam Driver <laughs> drags him out of the pool. <laughs> drags him out of the pool and like into some nearby bushes in their very lush jungle home. Uh, not far. And, not very far. Because when he looks back to the house, he sees a light on in Annette's room mm-hmm. or his room. It's unclear what the geography of this house is, but it's upstairs and there's the lights on. Um, mm-hmm. He goes, returns to Annette's room. She's awake, looking scared. Same expression as when she looked concerned earlier because her little wooden eyebrows are like flipped upside down. Um <laughs> She knocks over the, the lamp yeah, he previously great. purchased, which shatters uh, as Henry tries to assure her that everything will be all right now. Mm-hmm. What a somber moment. If only something so tonally appropriate could interrupt it. That's right. Showbiz news is back, baby. Uh, <laughs> Henry has ended Baby Annette's singing career. She's giving one last performance before they move to Europe. And after that, she will never sing again. A small little intimate experience where she <laughs> just, oh, how do we wrap up this viral singing, singing sensation who's only had a one-year career tops? It's performing at the Hyper Bowl halftime the show. The Hyper Bowl halftime show. <laughs> like hyperbole. Get yes. It? A, a loose pun that means nothing. <laughs> Very. There's been a couple of those. <laughs> uh, an announcer once again welcomes the crowd to the Hyper Bowl int- int- introduces baby Annette <laughs> I fucking love this guy he's got a golden voice and the way he says it too he goes baby Annette Annette really par- hammers it home because this is this, and this brings up a good point. Can Annette fly or not? Because she, yes, she is blown in, on in four drones. Four drones with like wires attached to her. She's <laughs> lowered from the. Onto this like, <laughs> this, like upside pedestal? down pyramid. It's very big. There are lights. There are, there's like tears. There's like cheerleaders and footballers singing to like, <laughs> footballers, football players accompanying her, like singing back up. Yeah. The, the crowd chants, baby Annette, the light at the bottom of the pillar starts to fill in, reaching towards the top. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> nothing happens. Nothing. She Annette does not sing. start to sing. The cheers settle down and the announcer assures us that after all, she is a baby. Some nervousness is completely <laughs> understandable. And he just great. <laughs> powers through and reintroduces baby Annette. The same music kicks in. The pillar once again mm-hmm. starts to light up. But this time Annette just cries and doesn't begin to sing. Uh, Henry watching from the announcer booth just starts laughing and goes over to have a smoke. Clearly he's having a little bit of a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the announcer tries one more time. And this time we just stay on Henry <laughs> watching as... Uh, Annette does not start singing and instead sighs into the microphone and then says softly, Daddy kills people. (laughs) (laughs) This movie rocks. I love this shit. (laughs) Daddy kills people. In front of everybody, for the whole world. For the whole world. For the whole hyper bowl (laughs) (laughs) crowd. Uh, Henry is questioned once again. That's not hyperbole. That's accurate. Henry is once again questioned, and he doesn't seem to take it very seriously this time, because before long, he's been arrested and is on his way to trial. He ages, like, 20 years. (laughs) He gets, like, (laughs) salt and pepper hair coming in. (laughs) He's, like, bigger eye bags. They really went all in. And then they... So he, like, they, 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 like, 
they're like he's in a police transport yes. and everybody's like there's this big crowd outside they're banging on the doors murderer murderer <laughs> and um it's another big crowd shot mm-hmm. um as he's it's a weird shooting location because it just looks like the top of a parking garage that he's parked at the yeah. top of. There's a crowd all around and he walks to a lower level of the parking garage. It doesn't yeah. look like he's going to a prison or the trial. It's not clear. Um, um, but yeah, a big, another big rowdy crowd scene. And Sophia, can you believe it? The male brothers <laughs> work themselves in. Uh, they're toward the end, just almost at the end of the shot. Um, uh, Ron throws his hat in Adam Driver's face. Of course. <laughs> I think of it's course. very funny. Very fun. We love to see it. Um, but the trial, he's escorted into this, the courthouse. The, yeah, they've all got these like uh, picket signs. They're like, eh, murderer. Got Simon Helberg's face. They're like, stop killing women. Uh, it's a big, it's a big, it's, it's a, a big, big stink. This is event. high profile. Yes. Uh, but they get to this. This courthouse. This courthouse. Which looks, looks suspiciously like, like the interior of a theater. <laughs> it looks like a theater. I think it's a theater. I fully, yeah, because, yeah, I think, I think it would be a theater that they've just taken all the seats out of. Yes. The judge's stand is, a, a desk, I don't know what you call it, is it's right where, up like, against, like, a curtain. would be, yeah, mm-hmm. and, like, there's a big red curtain closed behind him. And a woman with the strangest vocal tick. <laughs> She's the clerk. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I, 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 I've, I've had, I think it's. She's just sick. She's just sick today. Yeah. <laughs> She's ill. She's got a handkerchief. She has in, a cold. In a movie where everyone has been singing and like obviously the vocals have been all over the place outside of the realm of normal human speech, hers is like <laughs> very particular and she's doing the whole, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth? And <laughs> in a moment of genuine humor, Adam Driver's like, oh, you sound like my mother. And then she just <laughs> goes back into it. <laughs> And she, you can see she's like mad, and the judge is like, easy. <laughs> but then she sings it this time. Yes, this time she sings it. Uh, and he does there refuses no trial. to swear. Yeah, there's no trial. He's like, I yeah. won't tell the truth because you'll kill me if I do. Which oh wow, yeah. so edgy, dude. Uh, Henry Puts then in contempt of court. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's his defense, but he dances around the room singing his little songs. Um, well, it's frozen. The time is frozen. Yes. For uh, this moment, he sings. Uh, stepping back in time, he kind of remembers. Mm-hmm. And as he remembers her, uh, which is hard. So he looks in a mirror. Yes. And he sees Anne. And she looks like she did when she was alive. Mm-hmm. So you, you're kind of getting the idea. Opera oh, this is Anne. his hallucination. They sing together a little bit. You know, the good this duets. Isn't, this isn't the actual ghost. Um, mm-hmm. But he's talking about how, you know, because a big point of contention uh, that was raising before he uh, was responsible for her death. Her career is big. He's falling out of grace after mm-hmm. he um, bombed. Um and he would talk, and he's saying uh, in the scene, oh, Anne used to say all the time, oh, I'm so proud of you. I wish your career was at the place where my career was at. Right. And of course, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, they never really talk to each other. So it's hard to tell <laughs> if this is, oh, maybe he was imagining things about his and Anne's relationship or overblowing it. Mm-hmm. Or they did, this is part of their genuine connection that we just saw. This was Briefly. off camera. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, as their song sort of like wraps up, Anne's voice whispers to Henry and her ghost form appears on stage. Yeah. And she's like, I'll yeah. be the one keeping you company in prison. Not the good yeah. Anne that you remember. It's me. Revenge. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get a shot of the now empty pool leaving the courthouse where there's like a lizard or something. It looked like a tadpole with legs. I don't know what animal it was. There's like a little, yeah. I think it's like a, <laughs> it's like a teenager frog is uh, is, but much yeah, the, larger the, than I expect a frog teenager to be. 
<laughs> well, the flamingo, because it's on like a deflated flamingo, <laughs> yes. and that was holding it earlier. That flamingo's tinier than I think you've. Because you see one of those, you're like, I bet it's adult size, but no, it's no, marionette no. size. It's marionette sized. <laughs> this is not an important shot. It just shows that the house has fallen into a state of emptiness and decay or whatever. Mm. The pool's been drained. Because uh, we, we then go to the prison where Annette, uh, being carried by a guard, uh, is. It's been off, a little while. Uh, it's been a while. She's off to meet her, her pops. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, to the room where they can talk, which I'm sure has a name, but it's not a cell, but it's there. I have no idea. What I have the f- no I don't idea. Know what I was thinking about meeting. it for a good like 20 minutes. I couldn't come up with it's anything. It's one of those. The I'm room. allowed to visit you in prison meetings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Annette doll is placed in the room and she sits down uh, as she a doll. She kind of shuffles up. But I think it's also like it's kind of mimicking, you know, if I was, yeah. I don't know how old she is now, four or five year old girl visiting my father in prison who murdered my mom and, and, and my... <laughs> maybe my dad. Um, <laughs> She, she, but she puts the monkey on the table. Uh-huh. She, she, she like smushes uh, her little face her into it. There. She's yeah. nervous. She doesn't they want to sit be in here. silence for a moment. Uh, Henry calls to Annette and says, "Like, oh, you've changed so much." And we cut back to her. <gasps> she has changed because she's a real girl now. <laughs> she's a real girl. She. This is. I've seen this movie before, <laughs> and the way they do the shot is because uh, the, the table's in kind of the middle of the room that they're sitting at. Human Annette mm-hmm. is, and the back wall kind of leaning. Yeah. And then she, she walks up, she moves the doll away, she sits down. When the shot came up of, and this isn't even that impressive of a thing to do. I've seen the parent trap. I fucking, I just watched Moon Knight. <laughs> but I saw the two of them and my gut reaction was like, oh, I guess they had to green screen this. <laughs> see, when, see when girl, this puppet that we know is a puppet and is me, but it, oh, it means, no. that's how good the puppet was. <laughs> I think you and I had very different reactions to this puppet. But yes, the real girl and the puppet are both now in the shot. Uh, and the real girl has taken her place. Uh, she, and she speaks, speaks in human English. words. Yes. Yeah, and up to this point, Annette has only kind of sang like, ah, la, la, la. Yeah, or spoken kind of deal, off screen, not... like with the daddy kills people, where it's been like, we don't see Annette. People. We just yes. see uh, mm-hmm. the off screen. Um, she tells him that he also has changed and asks if he's safe here since he can't uh, drink or smoke and also can't kill and then she gives a little laugh at her, like, oh, you can't kill here joke, which is very in line with his style of comedy. And he uh, picks up on that. And he's like, yeah. I assure you, no more killing, only killing time. Haha, a joke. Get it? You killing time. <laughs> Have you heard of this common English phrase? <laughs> um, he is still trying to mansplain to his now puppet child. daughter. Child. Uh, puppet daughter. Yes. Uh, she then tells him that he has nothing to love, which is very melodramatic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she can't love him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't love her. He asks, yes. "Can I love you?" She says, "No." No. Um, and she she says, and this is a this is a real gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, which she decides for her own benefit, which is a very mature decision for a four year old. Yes. <laughs> uh, that she has to she either has to forgive both of her parents or forget both of her parents. So she's deciding that she has to forget both of her parents. Mm-hmm. And Adam Driver is sad that he uh, that she's putting blame on Anne. But also, we remember, you know, Anne was kind of using Annette to fill a... It was, it was a very different kind of thing. Yeah. Not nothing, but still... Uh, not nothing. Very different than double murder and possible... Uh, yes. <laughs> assisted death. And they... also, maybe not her father. Just some guy. Just some guy. Yeah. She was never like, oh, and I'll also forget the conductor. No, she's, no she seemed no. to like He's him fine. just fine. He seems to be chill. Um, they returned to singing for this well, part. Well, he was killed. The water was very cold. So oh, that's yeah. true. He made very, it was very important that we were very clear on that point as well. Mm-hmm. It had to be aware. He, 
sings about how he looked into the abyss, which, as we all remember, was the thing he was very clear he couldn't do about in his earlier act. He's like, I stared into the abyss, and the abyss stared back, or whatever. And, and Annette rebuffs by singing that she'll never sing again. Um, oh, yeah. And smash every lamp she sees, which I feel like is the start to a fascinating celebrity life. She just going around that. punching light bulbs. <laughs> Great. Are you telling me you don't want to watch the Annette follow up? I would. I think I would rather watch the Annette follow up. <laughs> I want the. I don't. I, I don't know if this is something you would have a touch point for. But over the years, they have made. They have tried to make several, both stage and film, uh, sequels to the musical Annie. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so I want. I want them to do that with Annette, just with like Annette. Annette goes to Europe for like. <laughs> Uh, Annette too. Henry McHenry's revenge. <laughs> yes, he gets out of jail. Um, <laughs> she also describes herself as a vampire forever. It's this very melodramatic child. Like, truly only <laughs> a child of celebrities could be this way. Um, I'd be pretty bummed, too, if, <laughs> if I was Annette. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Henry tries to encourage her to not do that, and they kind of do it back and forth. Annette being like, I can't forgive or forget. This is the whole, like, choice she has to make, and she's choosing forget. Mm -hmm. Um, Henry urges her not to blame her mother. She's like, eh, no, I'm going to blame her anyway. Um, and Henry gives his daughter one last hug as their time is up, both metaphorically and literally, as they have limited visitor time in prison, is my understanding. Mm -hmm. um, and as she leaves, she sings that he has nothing to love again, leaving him truly at his lowest point ever. The guard carries her out as Henry warns her never to cast her eyes into the abyss, sings goodbye, Annette, goodbye, and now... <laughs> Annette. You could probably talk over this, because this is going to yeah, be a yeah, yeah. Seemingly alone in the talking room, Annette. Henry asks an unknown goodbye. to stop watching him, and then we kind of pan Annette. down over his shoulder to a shot goodbye. of the marionette puppet laying on the floor. Ooh, Annette. he's haunted by his puppet daughter, too, and then we go to credits. What the fuck was that about? Wow. He also, he goes into the corner, like he stands in the corner, like Blair Witch style, but the, the corner kind of juts out. So it's like, it's a corner that's going into his like head. It's a right <laughs> angle going into his forehead. Yeah. And he's just kind of leaning about comfortably. Makes me so uncomfortable. But credits roll. <laughs> credits roll. There is a song and in the this credits. Is, this is very <laughs> exciting for me. I... I, a friend of mine recently, uh, he said, he was like, I like to, whenever I watch a movie, I like to like sit in with the credits. Like I like to kind of sit in it for a minute. And I was mm -hmm. like, let me do that since I'm going, to, I'm going on the show to talk about it. Um, let me sit with the credits. Let me like hear the music. And I noticed, I clocked um, that the music that plays during the credits is pretty boring. Like it's mm -hmm. just, it's just like an interpretation of like some other song before as credits usually are, but it wasn't too exciting. And I was like, oh, I get, I get why I didn't stay for all the credits yeah. the first time. But I, the first time I saw this movie, I missed the after credits scene Ooh. of Annette. Yeah, so viewers will remember that in the beginning of Annette, we opened with a song telling us that we're about to begin. And we end mm -hmm. with a song telling us that it's over. We have the whole cast returning, everyone who's died or otherwise. They come back. They're all marching along in a field somewhere. And they're singing their little song about, yeah. hey, it's over. <laughs> Movie's done. And this plays in the background as the credits roll on top, which I really appreciated because I did not want to watch a whole other song happen separately. But because it was playing over the credits, I'm like, that is the best possible way to have executed this song. Yes. <laughs> like, if you want to, you can dip. And if you don't want to, and you want to hear the full Annette experience, you got it. And you still get to see the credit for, like, Best Boy or whatever. 
And if, if it makes anybody feel it, because they're all kind of out of character now, and it's like it's production, and it's like the mm-hmm. uh, the male brothers are there, and uh, Leon Carax and Natasia, whoever his girlfriend's wife, maybe yeah. daughter, whoever the whoever the it's dedicated for her, this this movie. Um, but if it does make you feel anybody, it is kind of a nice like after dinner mint. Um, yes. The actress who plays Annette, the 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 real well the, 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 the real girl, a bunch of like <laughs> designers are like carrying the puppets at like yes. various stages of her life and you're like wow there were a lot more puppets there were than a I lot there more were. puppets than you expected um but like i guess they also brought like dogs so the actress who played annette is like playing around with the dogs and like adam driver is like being cute and like fun with her and it yeah. does make you go like oh at least, like, i guess they had a nice relationship he was probably yeah. nice he was nice they're probably good life. to each other off screen <laughs> but that's the movie but annette uh that's annette. you got struck by that movie i did i did i got um assigned it in <laughs> by my own request i will yeah. that's the conceit of the show right that the guest gets yes. to come on and subject any movie of their choice to myself and the listening audience this um, is that's the interesting thing about the move about the the podcast i wanted to bring this up i, I said a little <laughs> earlier before we started recording after i was on the first time mm-hmm. beach like a big o was kind of like a oh that's like that's such a quirky movie that i don't think people would know it's about. a warm-up yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't think of that. But I was like, I think this would be good, and I'm a good person to speak to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was uh, immediately after I um, I ended the <laughs> I ended the affairs. I started thinking about like, oh, she asked me back. <laughs> what do I do? And then I and I realized, and I'm, I'm saying this for myself and for anybody who's listening who may be invited on the podcast in the future. <laughs> oh boy! But yeah, Sophia, that is the conceit of the show. Yeah, I tell you the movie you have to watch it <laughs> i have to and then you take notes on specific like that and that's the flow of the show you take notes on the plot of the film mm-hmm. so this time <laughs> and i ended up picking this is you know this is a narrative film yes if it, it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea it is a movie you could talk about but the whole time i was like what's a movie that doesn't have like well how can i break this show <laughs> so hard i recently watched I, if you've seen um the film Queen Escotsi. Are you familiar? I've not seen it. I don't have a feeling. It's a really good movie. I recommend it to everyone. Okay, it's good. got a. That's our like uh, tenth recommendation of the podcast. It's really. Good. I really do love it, and it's got this tremendous Philip Glass score. Is is, Ooh, is a notable fun. aspect of it. The movie is B roll for like oh, no. an hour and a half, and it's very artfully done. And you watch, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're talking about like systems and nature, and then humanity came along, but also they they created their own systems, and it kind of like it goes in on itself. It's kind of a mirror thing. It's a great watch, but <laughs> I would just love. I really wanted to bring it in, and so for you to be like, oh, I was fucking nature for two hours, and then we have to fill the rest of the podcast. Yeah, that's. Um, uh, I do think about that sometimes, like, because there are movies that would be difficult to do. Like, I just saw everything everywhere all at once. It's a fantastic movie. I absolutely adore it. I thought it. about doing that but movie. But trying to describe that yes. plot <laughs> is a near impossible task. And if someone picks it, I gotta try. But boy, no. would that be difficult. <laughs> I considered everything everywhere all at once, but it was still in theaters. I was like, oh, that's going to be hard to take notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about... <laughs> but also... At least in uh, Sophia, I, I, I'm very sorry. I don't mm-hmm. listen to the show, That's so I don't know what it's yeah. like <laughs> when somebody brings in a good movie that they all really <laughs> likes. But I was like, oh, I should bring something that like I don't want to bring in my favorite movie. Maybe if I'm asked back another time, I'll bring in a movie that <laughs> that, is, that is dear to my heart that uh-huh. I would defend that I think has true artistic merit. But yeah. this, I, I was ready to get down and dirty with you. Um, 
but I also considered um, an eleventh recommendation. I also considered, <laughs> which I might bring back if you have me back. Mm-hmm. Fans, if you love this movie, tell somebody yeah, to have me back. Yeah, tweet at me. But almost be like, hey, bring Brendan back so that he can do whatever he's about to say. <laughs> I almost did um, Stop Making Sense. I don't know oh, if you're familiar. yeah. Which is, uh, <laughs> which is not a narrative film. It's no. a concert. It's, it's uh, Talking Heads concert film, uh, which is phenomenal. But you would get up, <laughs> you would say all the songs in order. And like, then what and would now happen? they played this. <laughs> I could talk about the flow, but I mean, and I still might bring it in. Fans, fans on that Patreon, <laughs> yes. get on the Patreon Discord. Tell Sophia get get it get it riling up. Oh do, boy! You know, uh, just dump every day. Do, do like spam it with gifts of Chris Franz and uh, and David. The only Byrne reason I'm not stopping seat. you is because the current spam on Discord is about trying to get someone to pick Morbius, and I absolutely refuse to laugh. That is putting my foot down. <laughs> <laughs> now if you tell me you're gonna pick that you're not coming on the show but also and uh, this is the final and i think the biggest uh i think this is really the boldest thing oh boy and i think to the point where i think the episode wouldn't have happened where <laughs> at no point in the description of this show sophia do you mention okay so i'm gonna watch so uh uh you know uh, i'm the whole, i'll host the show you bring in the movie i'll take notes on it and at no point do you mention brendan this has to be a movie that you have seen <laughs> No. I really wanted to bring in something. I could have made you watch What the Fuck Ever. I could have made... Yeah, <laughs> you that's just, the conceit you of would the show. <laughs> I could have made you watch like a hard... Like, I, like, this isn't my usual style of humor. I could have brought in like Sophie's Choice or something. <laughs> <laughs> a movie I haven't seen. It's true. I do usually tell guests when I'm asking them to pick movies, I'm like, hey, pick something for us to watch and discuss. But the implication being you have to watch it. But this, the only rule for the podcast is <laughs> hard, that, you, that you have to pick a movie. I, mm-hmm. it, you tr- Truly, you found a loophole. You don't technically. <laughs> I, I, what am I going to do if you don't watch movie. it? <laughs> you know? I'm not telling you. Maybe you'll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brendan is doing everything you. he can to not get invited back on the show. And somehow I. <laughs> I'm still so sure that you will show up next year with another. I might just stop making sense. I might do another movie. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but to to bring it back to Annette, the movie we ostensibly Annette. are talking about, despite the various yeah. recommendations that we've gone through over the course of this episode, um, what are some of your closing thoughts on it? I usually ask, you know, do you, what would you recommend our, our listeners watch this movie? Um, I think we might <laughs> actually have different closing thoughts on this movie, so I'm interested sure. to hear what you've got. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. I think, you know, the, the performances are strong. Mm-hmm. I think it's always interesting. Um, when It doesn't feel like, tonally and pacing-wise, it doesn't feel like a movie. I think mm-hmm. that's always an interesting thing to bring to, uh, bring to the screen. Um, as, we, you know, we said throughout, I love the performances. I think the music is phenomenal. I didn't do it any justice. And, of course, we talked <laughs> to the repetitious nature of the, of the song. The music is really phenomenal. And I've said it before, but, like, really, the male brothers are just phenomenal. They have almost 50 years worth of music that nobody's listened to. That is, <laughs> I've always feel like weird talking about it, but it is just the best music I've ever heard. <laughs> and then that's no different. I think it's a really phenomenal score. Mm-hmm. I have the album with me, uh, the selections. Yes. From oh, wow. Annette. That certainly is a cover that happens an hour and 20 minutes in the movie. <laughs> it's them dancing in the storm and the little logo too, the woo, 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 woo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think if you like weird movies, I think if you uh, like uh you know musical theater it's definitely a different kind of it's not into the uh not uh, no <laughs> well it's not the end of the woods movie that they made but it's not in the heights it's not west side story it's a very different kind of tone yeah. than these, like modern musical adaptations have been taking recently and i i i, I applaud that and I, it's a big swing i it's definitely not for everybody 
Um, you know, even I, as someone who enjoys them, <laughs> I can recognize the first flaws. Um, but if you love yeah. any of these people, um, and if you love me, Aww. and if you like Sophia, you'll watch hey. the <laughs> Yes, you too no, should subject Amazon, yourself yeah, to this. Um, no, I went into this movie really wanting to like it, because I usually, <laughs> like, weird musical adjacent movies are usually, like, my jam. But something about mm. this just wasn't working for me. And after reflecting on it, I think it's because it is so deeply an opera in terms of structure and the way that they yes. present plot. Because technically, I don't mm. have any flaws. Like, the performances were great. I thought the production design was really standout. I like the cinematography. I think it worked for what it was doing. The music's obviously great. But just something felt off the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think what I've learned from this experience is that I personally just really don't like opera that much. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are someone who is willing to like either overlook the operaness of it, or maybe you yourself are an opera fan, then this might be a good movie to check out. Because it is like production wise, there aren't really any obvious flaws. Performances, as you mentioned, are great. Production design, I think, is particularly notable. Music's great. All that jazz. The puppet stuff is weird. I think that there's maybe some questionable... The puppet stuff rocks. <laughs> the puppet... <laughs> I don't know if that was a very... I don't mean to diminish your point. But even if, like, the puppet stuff... The puppetry, for the most part, is not meant to be taken seriously. Yeah. I think they recognize, too, that it's like, oh, and Annette looks crazy. And she, like, let's make her do a crazy <laughs> It's a weird choice, and it feels at times like it was a choice made specifically so they can be like, hey, look, we made a weird choice. But it kind of works because everything else in the movie is so uh, unrealistic and off-putting. Um, <laughs> and I, I, again, I like puppets on screen. I generally think they're pretty fun. I'm a big Muppets mm-hmm. fan. I feel like that, that <laughs> that's, the, I guess, somewhat of an equivalent to this movie in ways. <laughs> uh, so it's fun. There's there's a lot of redeeming factors of it. It's worth a watch. Um but it's also worth a watch for free at home if you can sleep yes. at your house. Uh, or if you can uh, backdoor your way into an independent theater that desperately needs our money. Uh, support yes. small theaters if you can, but if you have a friend and you don't have a if you have a job that doesn't pay that much, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. then... that's that's the uh, that's the takeaway from Annette. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks so much for joining us, Brendan. Thank you for coming back on the show and oh, choosing so certainly a movie once again. Um, if our audience wants more from you other than tweeting at me and saying, hey, bring Brendan back so we can test the limits of your core concept, uh, where can they find you? <laughs> Tell us about what you're up to. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Connors Brendan. That's at C-O-N-N-O-R-S-B-R-E-N-D-A-N. Mm-hmm. That's my full name, but backwards. Uh, that's really the main, um, <laughs> really the main social media. I think I'm a fun Twitter follow. Uh, I feel like a lot of you who maybe listen to this show uh, show may uh, unknowingly like a lot of my tweets because uh, yes, that's true. What I... usually happen on a tweet, I'll put out and I'll get a couple <laughs> likes, and then Sophia will like it, and then what'll happen is one of her thousands of uh, not one of like five to fifteen of her. <laughs> and you have one tweet that friends. I think about almost every day that I feel like since we're talking about it, we can highlight because uh, back mm. like. Three years ago, you watched Speed Racer and you tweeted the quote from the movie, get that weak shit off my track, Speed get Racer, a movie for track. children. And I love that line. And th- think about that tweet on the day. <laughs> I just found, uh, I have it saved in my phone, but you made a gif of that scene. And I, <laughs> I saw it in my phone. I was like, oh, I got to use that all the time. Now. It's, it's great. That's a different episode. Check out the Speed Racer episode for that. Check out Brendan's socials. But, but also, yes. uh, if you, uh, if you uh, enjoyed uh, hearing the sound of my voice and me, uh, <laughs> goofs i um i uh um i've yeah, it's been a long time coming but i've made a podcast of my own wow um along uh with my brother i mentioned him earlier is a very funny guy um 
but uh, the two of us, uh, we've embarked on a podcast journey. Uh, we're calling it uh, tentatively. Uh, it may change by the time um, mm-hmm. it comes out. But we're calling it now uh, City of Supers. Um, it's, if you're familiar, it's, uh, it's very similar to, um, well, not too similar, uh, but it's kind of in the <laughs> same vein as uh, something like Comedy Bang Bang or um, uh, Welcome to the Ma- uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern, excuse me. But it's, you know, in character improvisation, uh, but it's a chat show. It's very light. Uh, the idea being um, that rather than a, a fantastical world, uh, like Hello from the Magic Tavern, or a world full of entrepreneurs like Comedy Bang Bang. This is a world of superheroes like you might find in the Marvel or DC universe. Wow. Um, here in Apex City, we have a little bit of a chat show run by uh, my character, Beck Wayward, uh, a former <laughs> boy wonder type who is now retired at the uh, ripe old age of 23. <laughs> and uh, my brother's character, uh, Nick, uh, Nick's character, uh, Donnie Dennis, uh, a young man who... Uh, is trying desperately to break into the superhero game by exposing itself to radioactive spiders or trying to get really good at karate like Son of Amar. Um, but it's us uh, in, our, in, uh, in my character's uh, 70s-style conversation pit chatting around with the um, uh, villains, heroes, and all the people in the city of Apex City who make them super. Uh, we don't have socials at the moment, but uh, a good place for updates uh, would be following my Twitter, at ConnorsBrendan. We're looking to launch in just a few weeks. Um, going to be a bi-weekly schedule. But I think um, if, if you're <laughs> honestly looking at the timestamp, if you've lasted this long with me, I think <laughs> you might just like little half-hour bursts uh, where I don't talk about Mary. And that's so, uh, so, <laughs> so passionately. Cool. Definitely keep an eye out for okay. it. We'll have links in the show notes below and those will update uh, when they're available. Sorry, my cat just smashed her face into a table and then zoomed out. Uh, so that's, that's probably our cue to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on Brendan uh, against all ads I had a great time <laughs> uh, and I'm off to consider the ramifications of puppetry on screen and also tr- remove all operas from my to watch list except for the Turandot adaptation because I think that might still be redeemable uh, we'll catch you guys all in a future episode Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on June 27th with a special Father's Day edition of Movie Struck, but if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for the podcast before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform, and if you're really enjoying the show, consider becoming a patron for extra patron-selected movie reviews every month, bonus previews of episodes to come, and more. This special episode was made possible by all of May's patrons, so a special thank you to everyone who joined last month. Ollie Taylor, AJ, Silver Arrow, Stephen Bosch, V, Andrew Rappel, Insomnite, Perpetual Pizza Perloiner, Dark Graham, Rapturous 77, Link Brenton, Nathan Dunlap, Brian, Ronan Drake, Daddy Swan, JWX, Sam Vickland, Sphere E, Rhiannon, Aldebaran Wrights, Anthony, Dylan McCormick, Stavangar Cronux, and jshays512. Thank you so much to everyone who's joined us to support the podcast and to everyone who has enjoyed the show thus far. Uh, And we'll catch you all in the next episode.